0: Welcome back to Second and Short. It is March 15th, 2023, and the NFL League year starts tomorrow at 4 p.m. Actually, today as you're listening, March 15th at 4 p.m. That's when everything we're about to talk about can be confirmed and official. But for the most part, deals are already being agreed upon. They're just about already done without, you know, ink on paper. Uh, episodes can be a little bit different today. We're simply just running through all of this free agency stuff. Uh, we're going to talk about the NFL rules propositions that also came out. And I've also got Luke with me today. Uh, Brock, unfortunately, couldn't make it. He's traveling right now uh, for spring break. Got Luke in here, and we're just going to talk free agency. We've been keeping it up. Uh, keeping up with it, honestly, has been so difficult. Uh, I oh. think you would agree, Luke.
1: All day fucking long, dude. We've been talking to each other, just geeking out over some of these things, man. I'm so excited to get into it.
0: All right. Well, let's do just that. So we're going to be talking, like I said, NFL free agency and offseason moves. Um, We're going to go by team, uh, and then we'll hit some NFL rule proposals that came out today as well. Luke, let's start with the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, they had a slow start to the day. Uh, earlier today, all they had done was re-sign left tackle Kelvin Beecham to a two-year, $5.15 million contract. Uh, they made some moves later in the day now, so they picked up Eagles or er, outside linebacker Kazeer White to a two-year, $11 million signing, and then they also brought back uh, offensive guard Will Hernandez. I feel like the Cardinals... Are probably looking to make most of their improvements in the draft. Yeah, that's that's definitely what it's
1: uh what it seems like here. I know Kelvin Beechman, the former Steeler, I used to <clears throat> love this guy when he was a part of the um, the peak O line, you know, with the Steelers 2014, 2013, 15, that kind of era. Um, don't really know how, you know, he's been for the Cardinals, but hey, they locked him up here. And yeah, just with them kind of being quiet and with them still having a lot of holes to fill, we can only really look um, at the draft for them at this point.
0: Yeah, and I think that the Cardinals do have plenty of opportunities. I know people said that it was very likely that they'd trade their pick. I think that, you know, now with how free agency's kind of started as much as it hasn't technically started, um, I think with how it's going so far, your your best opportunity is to stay at 3 and just take the best defensive player, which most likely will be Will Anderson, uh because I yeah. think Jalen Carter will drop. Um, so yeah, I think the Cardinals are in a they're in an interesting position because it looks like they're not willing to spend money. They still haven't dealt DeAndre Hopkins like we thought they would have, and you know, league year starts you know, at four p.m. If they want to get some deals done, they're gonna have to do it now because that's when all the dominoes fall. As soon as that happens, then it's really over, and then it's just like okay, all we have left is the draft. So the Cardinals really got to get in and gear unless they're going to go all draft.
1: Yeah. uh, I I would say, though, with with dealing off D-Hop, we can definitely expect them to have uh, two second rounders at the least, you know, going into uh, this year's draft. But haven't really heard much on that front ever since he was kind of, like, linked with certain teams There hadn't really, I don't think, been any moves at him or anything. So we'll just have to see once it comes draft time for the Cardinals. But I, I would definitely expect them to have two second round picks.
0: All right. Well, let's talk about my Atlanta Falcons because is boy, have, for your boys, man. yeah, they have been <laughs> active. So it starts yeah. off with yesterday, um, probably like mid morning. Uh, they traded a seventh round pick to the Patriots in return. They get tight end Johnu Smith. Um, I obviously I think this is a fantastic move because that seventh round pick that we traded, we actually got in a trade for like I believe a uh, third string safety. So turning a third string know. safety into, you know, he, he is the backup tight end behind Kyle Pitts, but definitely a starting level tight end Johnu Smith. That's some fantastic work by the front office.
1: Yeah, um I actually have a lot of notes here on Johnu Smith. Um obviously we we all remember him first hitting the scene. I think he was drafted in 2017 to the Titans, but his 2020 season, uh he had 41 receptions, almost 500 yards, but he had eight touchdowns, which is a which is a pretty Damn decent amount, especially on the Titans offense, I feel like. But um obviously he, you know, eventually went to the Patriots uh during their whole 2021 uh free agency spending spree. Uh John who was signed four years 50 mil, which ended up being in way, way, way too much for this guy. Uh in his two seasons with the Patriots, he I don't think ever um ever received over 300 yards, and he only had one touchdown as his, in his time in New England. So Hopefully, he works out for Atlanta, but I did some digging here, Grayson. In 2017, when John U. Smith got drafted, Arthur Smith was the tight end coach for uh, the Titans at the time. Obviously, he's the head coach for the Falcons now. In John U. Smith's most successful season in his career, Arthur Smith was the offensive coordinator for the Titans at that point. So it kind of has me wondering what John U. Smith can do on the Falcons. I think he could be very effective, but. I think this poses a lot of questions. I'm about to ask you some in a second on what this means for Kyle Pitts. Because at first, when I looked at this move, you know, just with what John U. Smith had done for the Patriots, I kind of thought, oh, blocking tight end so Kyle Pitts can finally be freed up. Then I kind of, you know, found out about Arthur Smith and his connection with Johnu. And now I'm starting to think, do the Falcons still trust Kyle Pitts? And if they don't, are they now looking for John U. Smith to almost kind of like, take over, or at least share that role. What do you think?
0: I think that as soon as Kyle Pitts is healthy, Jonu Smith is going you know, to significantly lose playing time. I think that's it, it, that's obvious to me. Um, Kyle Pitts is just simply, you know, it's hard to match what he does on a football field. But I think that Jonu Smith is much better at being a balanced tight end when it comes to blocking and receiving compared to Kyle Pitts. So when you use Jonu Smith in the in the offense, it you know, it's not a sure thing that he's gonna go like run a route. And it's not a sure thing that he's gonna block. Uh unlike some of the other guys that have blocked or that have been tight ends on this Falcons lineup in the past years, like um uh Hesse, uh Parker Hesse, uh Anthony Ferkster uh, guys like that, like those guys, are block first, and you know they'll get receptions. But when Kyle Pitts is in the game, if he's not running, you're wasting him.
1: Yeah, um, I I definitely agree with you, but I I don't know. To me, it's it's not that simple with Kyle Pitts having an off year on top of how the Falcons used him. And I know he didn't have a quarterback, but he just, in my opinion, you know, and what everybody was saying is that he wasn't he wasn't schemed right. He was blocking too much. It almost just kind of has me wondering, you know, you know, tying in Arthur Smith to his connection to Jonu, like what what does it really mean for Kyle Pitts? Because Jonu John Smith was very successful under uh, Arthur Smith uh, when Arthur Smith was offensive coordinator. You can't help but think, you know, even a healthy Kyle Pitts is going to have to share some of the load with Jonu Smith, who under Arthur Smith previously has very, you know, he's proven himself in his own right.
0: Yes, he has, but I, I think that, Kyle Pitts and Jonu Smith offer two very different things to an offense. Like, Kyle Pitts offers the possibility of a 1,000 yards in a season. Jonu Smith just simply doesn't. And I think that Kyle Pitts, like, you could put them in the game at the same time. Jonu Smith is going to be blocking. Like, undoubtedly. And I I just, I, I don't think that it's a trust issue. I think that Kyle Pitts knows exactly what he has to do when he goes on the field. And a majority of the time, it should not be blocking. He can block, not as well as Johnny Smith. But when it comes down to what the value is in Kyle Pitts, it's 100% what he does in the receiving game.
1: Yeah, no, no, I agree. But I mean, anyway, seventh round pick for Johnny Smith is wonderful for the Falcons and their position right now. And on the positive, you know, the first thing I brought up is it, it'll just probably make Kyle Pitts even better, which is what I think will happen. But um I, I would like to see John O. Smith in the red zone though. I think he could be a big red zone target for the Falcons um, as opposed to Kyle Pitts. It, 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 like I said, dude, this is a really solid move for the Atlanta Falcons.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about another, uh, you know, it, it, honestly, this is a long list of fantastic moves, but yeah. <laughs> Former Bengals safety Jesse Bates III signs a four-year, $64 million contract with the Atlanta Falcons, and I could not be happier. I think this is probably one of, if not the best move we've made so far.
1: I think this is, in my opinion, clearly the best move. Uh, Jesse Bates, let me me tell you something as a Steelers fan. This dude is an absolute menace. One of the the most, if not if not the most underrated safety in in the entire league right now. I I think if I was the Falcons, I would have tried to have even locked this guy up maybe a little bit longer. But four years, sixty four million dollars. I feel like that's a pretty good price for Jesse Bates. It's one of those where I'm happy that Jesse Bates is getting paid. It's a nice contract for for him. But I also don't feel like the Falcons are giving up too much for this guy either. And that's perfect. This dude is an absolute animal.
0: Yeah, he's a, a hard tackler uh from the safety position, but doesn't really drop in into like uh pass rush. He does he has great coverage. Uh I think he only had one or, or no four interceptions last season. Fantastic as a safety. And honestly, I think that pairing him in the secondary so that you kind of take a little bit of pressure off of AJ Terrell at the corner position. You give him a safety that he can trust to where, you know, if AJ gets beat. There's a guy to back him up. That's that's what he was missing last year. There was not a guy to back him up. And adding Jesse Bates is much more than just a backup. He he can do it all himself.
1: I was about to say that's a that's a pretty damn good backup there, but wonderful move by the Falcons. In my opinion, this one is by far the best one. Uh and I don't think this deal's being talked about enough to be honest. Jesse Bates, like I said, awesome player. Awesome, awesome player that the Falcons have got here.
0: And the next of just some fantastic acquisitions, former Saints defensive tackle David Onyemata signs a three-year, $35 million contract with the Falcons, 24.5 mil guaranteed on that contract. So that's quite a lot guaranteed, but it always feels good to steal one from the Saints. And it also feels good to give Grady Jarrett a little bit of help on the interior.
1: That's what I'm saying. And this dude is also, uh, I'm reading it now. He is actually reuniting with his former defensive coordinator. And not only that, like you're getting a player here, Grayson, that, you know, plays for your biggest rival and was a key part for your biggest rival. So, you know, picking him off will be nice. And to your point, you know, Grady Jarrett can finally, you know, breathe, I feel like. So this is another good one.
0: Yeah. I got to tip my cap to Terry Fawn now because, just from him working for the Steelers for so long, he brought in, he, he's bringing in plenty of talent that he saw himself play on the field under him. And I think that he's done a great job. And here's another one former Saints off, or outside linebacker, Caden Ellis signed a three year, $21.5 million deal. So it appears that what they wanted to do here in free agency was address the defense. First and foremost, put as much money into the defense as you can to ensure that you've got that there, because that's really what we needed all season was the offense worked. We needed a better defense and And, we were going to, we were going to address it in the draft, but if you address it now, you're not gambling on some guy to come up out of nowhere and be good. These are guys that have already done it for years.
1: Yeah, and if you want, you can always, you know, beef up the offense in the draft, too. But another good pick also, again, from the rival um, and the Saints. And it's just the Falcons have really blown me away with how good they've done in the free agency. They have, you know, finally been aggressive, which I think is what the fans wanted. And, you know, you're starting to see some new faces come in for, you know, fairly good contracts, I would say, too. No one I don't think is getting overpaid here. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's just another good pickup by the Falcons.
0: Yeah, and they re-signed their full uh, fullback Kevin Smith. Not a, a huge deal or anything, but I think this is kind of a pass protection thing because it, you're undoubtedly going to have uh, Desmond Ritter starting next season. That's how it appears, especially with the next acquisition I'm about to talk about. But I think just bolstering that pass defense or that pass blocking is huge. And adding, you know, or keeping your fullback, who actually did a pretty good job blocking last year, he didn't get a ton of playing time. But with Tyler Algier as well, having a fullback in front of him blocking is huge. He's a quick cut kind of guy. And once he's in open space, he kills it. So a lead blocker for him is huge. And locking that up is even bigger.
1: Yeah, I, I I don't have much for Keith Smith other than the fact that I, I think with the Falcons set up right now, having all of those running backs, you know, because they still have um uh who's the guy that wears number forty, the third string?
0: Oh, um What's his name, the running back? I I'm totally blanking on it.
1: Is it like Huntley or Hunley?
0: Yes, uh Hunt Huntley, Hundley. Huntley, Hunley. Huntley. I don't oh, know. Well, anyway, anyway, yes. the
1: Falcons have three running backs. I, I think the Falcons, you know, have a very underrated, uh, you know, running back core. You know, just basic, you know, football knowledge. If you're signing a fullback, it means that you're, you know, valuing those guys, valuing the pass game. So, and I think that's kind of what the Falcons should try to do. I would like to see a little bit more from all three of those backs, even, even the third one that we've mentioned. Of course, Algier and Patterson are good, but I like the third guy, too. I, I think this is a good one for the Falcons, too, getting that fullback locked up.
0: Yeah, and then they also sign Commander's quarterback, Taylor Heineke. Uh, two years, $14 million, uh, Very clearly a, a backup quarterback deal. Um, so I have a feeling Desmond starts the season. If anything goes wrong, you have Taylor Heineke, who has won games in the NFL, not just played. He's won games. He's been a majority starter, really, um, the last couple of years for the commanders, he's done a great job. You know, his decision-making is questionable, but his talent is there. And, you know, he can – the biggest thing with Taylor Heineke is he can win you some games. And if yeah. Desmond Ritter can't do it, you have a guy that's done it before to come in.
1: Exactly. You honestly could not have said it better there. Heineke, he's one of those weird quarterbacks where when I watch him – I can't really tell you what he does good, but he knows how to he knows how to have your team win games, which is, you know, almost arguably more important than all those things. And I, and another thing that you didn't mention that I want to bring up is I feel like it's really good for Ritter. Obviously they lost Mary Goda uh earlier or at least it, it, I don't know have they lost him yet?
0: Yeah, they they lost. Uh, he um I think he was on a one-year with the team, right? Yeah, he pretty like much quit the team. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I, I personally think that the Heineke one more so is a good deal because Ritter now has competition in practice. Heineke, listen, it is a backup deal, but like we just said, he knows how to win games. Ritter hasn't really proved that he knows how to win games. The Falcons have a good cushion to fall back on, but it also I think will make Ritter better in practice, you know, having another quarterback there to, you know, compete with them. I think it's a great move.
0: Yeah. And just a little bit more of pass protection guard, Chris Lindstrom. He signs a five-year, $105 million extension and is now the highest paid guard in NFL history. It's a huge contract. And I think he deserves it. He has really turned this whole thing around because when we drafted him, it was like, okay, now you gotta like you really gotta buy in to this guy. Um, I wanna say he was like a second round, could be wrong on that one, but um Either way, the early injury problems kept him off the field and it it just left the Falcons' offensive line in shambles, missing out on guys like this. He was actually a first round pick, sorry. Uh, First round pick, pick number 14 out of Boston College. And it just, look, when you go that high with an offensive lineman, it's a guy that you have to put all of your faith in on the offensive line. Unfortunately, he misses games early, but. Since he's come back and he's played a healthy season, he has been a fantastic player on that offensive line and a big part of why the run game was so big for us last year.
1: I think wasn't Chris Lindstrom? Uh, he was taken in the draft where they took um, back-to-back offensive linemen, first and second round.
0: Right? Yeah, I think that was Chris Lindstrom, and then the next guy on the list, Caleb McGarry.
1: Okay, um, which was the one that ended up having like ridiculous like heart problems? I believe it was McGarry I could be wrong okay I I just wanted to ask I thought that was interesting but uh Grayson I don't know I'm gonna be honest I haven't done my research on this guy I don't know much about him I know who he is but just you know non-biased Grayson I want you to turn off your Falcons fan for a second I'm sorry I have I hate to ask you to do that but just for a second listen to what I'm about to tell you yeah Chris Lindstrom now just surpassed Quentin Nelson's 20.2 20.2 million dollar average chris earns 21 million per year now that just that just doesn't sound right to me at all why not i don't know i guess quentin nelson you know the thing is is with nelson is he gets much more media attention maybe this chris lindstrom guy is the real deal and just doesn't ever get talked about but nelson's a guy that we all know is good I feel like a lot of people would have, um, you know, a lot to say about Chris Lindstrom's contract here. Do you get what I'm saying?
0: I I understand it, but who led the better offense last year?
1: I mean, yeah, that is true.
0: I think that, you know, as both of them being guards, it's a huge part of a running offense. They both played in primarily running offenses. With Jonathan Taylor and then the split back of um Lynch Lind- or sorry, not Lindstrom, uh Algier and Patterson. So look, I think they're very different offensive lines, but I think that it, you know, the proof is in the numbers there. Kay- or Chris Lindstrom as well as Kayla McGarry were the leaders on an offensive line that was extremely successful last year, and they deserved to get paid.
1: Well, oh, I mean, I, I'm not I'm not, you know, dogging on paying your offensive linemen, especially guards. I mean, guards, you know, especially in today's game, they're pulling and having to do all this kind of athletic shit. So I, I understand, you know, paying your guards and your tackles, of course. But you, I, I don't know. Just, just something about Chris Lindstrom getting this contract just doesn't sit right with me. But, hey, you know what? More power to him. I'm glad he got paid. It's an awesome contract for an offensive lineman.
0: Yeah, and let's talk about Caleb McGarry's one as well. So at the offensive tackle position, uh, he signs a three-year, $34.5 million contract. And I believe, I I could be wrong here, one of these two was a Pro Bowler this past year. I want to say it was McGarry. Um, Let me double-check that. No, okay, so it was actually uh, Chris Lindstrom made the Pro Bowl. It says 2022. I believe that's still this year or this past year. But, look. Lindstrom was the pro bowler McGarry has kind of turned it around. Um, he started, he's the one that had the heart problems um, early in his career. It kind of derailed things for a little bit. The The Falcons offensive line certainly missed him. And with how much we gave Lindstrom, we definitely saved some money with Caleb McGarry, especially with how well he played as well last year.
1: Yeah. And I mean, with uh Ritter, um, taking over the helm. He's obviously, you know, he's not a seasoned quarterback. So really all the help he can get, I feel like, is a plus for uh a plus for him and the team and the offense as a whole. So Caleb McGarry, that, that's a good one.
0: Yeah. And then uh we also re-signed Edge Rusher Lorenzo Carter, uh, for two more years, and uh signed Bradley Pinion, the punter, uh three years, eight point six five million. I think the Falcons have started off fantastic and on top of all of these great moves we've made we still have the eighth pick in the draft
1: yeah i would uh you want to grade the teams as we go make an audible grade all the grade all like the, the free agencies
0: i think we need to let let some things happen and then we can grade some moves maybe like before okay. the like a couple weeks before the draft
1: be cool. We should do that on the podcast. Let's go end of end um, of
0: March. We'll give teams time to make all of their decisions, and then we can okay. grade them all for their off seasons outside of the draft.
1: I like it. Um, but yeah, Bradley Pinion. Even though he's a punter, I still feel like that's a big deal. He's been you know solid for I feel like any team that he's gone for in the league or uh you know been a part of. I think he's been a part of a couple teams now. Yeah. But anyway, decent punter. You got him for three years. That's you know that's another good one for Atlanta.
0: All right. Let's talk about the Ravens uh haven't done much uh I'll be honest they they really have honestly they have done nothing um they obviously franchise tag Lamar Jackson. that whole situation is still crazy um apparently, like last year uh before the season started, the Ravens offered him a contract i uh, you might i don't think you can quote me on this one, but I want to say it was somewhere in the three hundred range. 5 years and it was like 200 guaranteed. Uh, obviously he didn't take that and now they find themselves in an interesting spot. Uh we've talked about this, you know, plenty of other times, but it, it's still weird that we haven't heard anything about anybody submitting an offer. We haven't, you know, like cuz even if he's on the non-exclusive franchise tag, the Ravens can still offer him a new contract just because he franchise tag doesn't mean like Oh, we can't, you know, give this guy a new deal. So it seems, you know, either they're just everybody's keeping a secret and they're doing a good job of it, or the Ravens really don't know what they're doing right now.
1: <laughs> now, or Lamar may have just wanted to take a break.
0: <laughs> it's fair.
1: It seems like you know, for months, uh, I'm sure him and his agent were you know twenty four seven hearing teams out, you know restructuring things, you know talking to teams, but. Yeah, very. Um, I don't know what what's the word. It, it's it's like an awkward quietness because, on one end, you feel like the Ravens, you know, have completely like may have watched this entire situation. Or on the other hand, maybe the Ravens are seriously considering, you know, not having him in their future.
0: Yeah. Um. Then the only other move they've made, uh, was re-signing cornerback Trayvon Mullen to a one-year deal. I feel like. If the Ravens do want Lamar, and I think they do, and I think part of them not making any moves yet is they got to have some cap space because as soon as somebody puts in an offer, they're going to match it. I I feel confident that the Ravens are most likely going to try and match anything that they can afford to match. And by not making very many moves this offseason, they're putting themselves in a position to where they can.
1: Yeah, I'm also, you know, I know it's not like a loaded um, wide receiver um, list for this free agency. Uh, Of course, the wide receivers that are left, you have Juju and Odell. Obviously, I I think both of those wide receivers would probably be too much for Baltimore. I'm surprised that we haven't seen anything offensively as far as like, you know, like a running back to get in there. Of course, they're loaded with running backs, but we had an awesome running back free agency. So I'm surprised they haven't tried to add something there or, you know, some kind of smaller, uh, lesser-known wide receiver. Instead, the Ravens have just kind of done nothing, not even really seemed to even make moves to get Lamar weapons there. So, super strange offseason for the Ravens so far.
0: Yeah, uh, honestly, it it certainly makes me think that they're in the mindset that Lamar is staying because they're not putting this money in. But I think that it's also a, a tactic of, like, if they start making signings, somebody's gonna offer them more than they can afford. So that that's a good point. Do teams do that, you think? Oh, I'm sure. Uh, dude, it's cutthroat. They don't give a I, shit. Man. And that is true. <laughs> look, the second that the Ravens overspend just a little bit on somebody, one some team that still has the money is gonna give him a big ass offer.
1: Yeah, that is true. <laughs>
0: All right, well, let's talk about the Bills. Um, They also really haven't done much. Um, They got former Cowboys center Connor McGovern, signed him to a three-year $22.35 million contract. It's, you know, sorry, he's not a center. Uh, Offensive guard uh, Connor McGovern. And I think it's a good play. They certainly need to bolster the offensive line. We saw that last year, especially in the playoffs. But, you know, that's... It's not a game-changing move in my mind. And then they re-signed their linebackers, Tyler Madakevich, Shevich, I don't know how to say that one, and Matt Milano, uh, both extended them and then re-signed their punter to a three-year $7.5 million deal I feel like the Bills have a ton more issues to address. Whether- yeah, and I
1: think they they need to come from the offensive line in my opinion, you know, go, going back to what you said earlier, I don't I don't even think they've had a run game for like what feels like 3 years. So maybe even one of these running backs would be nice for them too. But um offensive line definitely a good one, but you know to your point, Connor McGovern is not a, you know, game changer on the offensive line there. He's a he's a good, you know, He's a good reinforcement, but he's not going to be a game changer like what I feel like they need.
0: Yeah, uh, it's it's that simple. Let's talk about the Panthers, though. Obviously, they've had a very busy week, so they get the first overall – or sorry, um, they traded DJ Moore, the ninth overall pick, the 61st pick, their 2024 first and a 2025 second to the Bears for the first overall pick. Obviously, that's the biggest move here. But in doing that, they put themselves in a position where it's like, okay, we have the first pick now. Obviously, they're going quarterback. Now we can start building up everything else. They sign Bengals strong safety, Von Bell, three years, 22.5. They we'll sign. also sign Saints defensive tackle, Shy Tuttle, three years, 19.5. And, and they pick up a center in Bradley Bozeman or sorry they re-signed their center Bradley Bozeman 3 years 18 million and i think the panthers are doing a great job obviously they don't have the long list like everybody else does that you know is kind of in that rebuilding spot but i think they're making the right moves here
1: yeah and i remember um you and i talked about this trade uh, obviously when it happened last week um and just you know, kind of a couple thoughts on it. At first, you know, um, before reading the some of the signings that the Panthers have made, I kind of thought that they were really selling out for whatever quarterback they wanted to draft with the first overall pick. But you know, you've added guys like um, Von Bell, who are phenomenal players. Again, a Steelers fan talking about a Bengals player or former Bengals player here. This dude is 28 years old. Uh, he was actually the captain of the Cincinnati defense relatively cheap here for Von Bell too, in my opinion. Uh, And I mean, shit, he held it down with Jesse Bates. You know, they were the two safeties um, there in Cincinnati together and which we can talk about this later, but the Bengals have lost both of them, but um, it really good pick signing for the, uh, the Panthers here with Von Bell, but I'm really excited to see how DJ Moore will play out with Justin Fields.
0: Yeah. That one is huge. Also Von Bell, North Georgia guy. Also, shy Tuttle. That's a fantastic pickup, and it's just another guy that the Saints lost. The Saints have lost so much in this offseason, and I think it's a result of how much they're giving Derek Carr. It just seems like the Saints aren't really in the position to be losing guys like this.
1: Yeah, no, I I don't think so either. Not at all.
0: And then, obviously, bringing in your center to help out the quarterback that you're going to draft, great move.
1: Yeah, 100% a good move. But that, Grayson, that Von Bell, man, that's a really good one.
0: Yeah, it's it's a huge move for them. I think it's really going to pay off for them. But let's talk about the Chicago Bears because, good God, have they been making some damn moves. So, obviously, the trade. uh, They have DJ Moore now. They've also got the ninth pick, so they're still in the top 10. 61st pick and the two picks uh, in the future. Huge haul for the first pick. And they're making major signings here. They pick up Bill's inside linebacker, Tremaine Edmonds. Four years, $72 million. Absolutely massive for them.
1: He he was going to be blockbuster wherever he went. I mean, Tremaine Edmonds... It was kind of one of those guys that I feel like the Bills, you know, it, it really was unfortunate, but they just needed to lose him because he was going he was going to get signed like this one way or another, you know, four years, $72 million. But I feel like, you know, the Bears um, kind of are addressing giving up Roquan Smith here. Of course, I, I think Roquan Smith was a middle linebacker in Chicago. I know he's on the outside in Baltimore now, but, hey, you're addressing it in a super big way. terrain, terrain Edmonds is a wonderful
0: replacement. Yeah, and he's young, too. He's only 24 years old. Yeah. he's This is only his first try through free agency. Gets a four-year, $72 million deal. He's a giant over there in, in the middle of the field. He plays the position amongst the best. And most people are saying he kind of fits the Eberflus mold a little bit better than what Roquan did and that's kind of why Roquan was dealt, and now they bring in Tremaine Edmonds.
1: You're going to have to explain what the fuck word you just said.
0: I said Eberflus. <laughs> that's their coach.
1: Oh, I Matt thought that Eberflus. was – like Okay, Matt Eberflus. Okay, my bad, Matt Eberflus. I thought your name was something – I thought it wasn't a name. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it that's certainly funny. sounds like just a collection of letters, but it is his name.
1: Yeah. An underrated signing here, though, Grayson, I think is TJ Edwards for three years. Under $20 million, too. I I know he's not, like, blockbuster, but that's a a solid linebacker that you're getting.
0: Yeah, it's fantastic, and pairing him up with Tremaine Edmonds is a great deal. You get a guy who obviously has experience now. He played pretty well uh, these last couple of years, and he just went to a Super Bowl. He was on one of the best defenses in the league. No matter what, that's a good addition.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I also like the guard pick here, because I think with the way that Chicago's offensive line looked last season, it's definitely gonna get, it, it's gonna have to get way better if Justin Fields is gonna be able to, you know, effectively pass and effectively get the ball into the new hands of DJ Moore. Cause I, I don't think Chicago's offensive line is really all that great. And I mean, hey, a better offensive line means that he can run better too. So I feel like Chicago addressing a guard spot here. Is really, really, really nice for them too. Another underrated move by them.
0: Yeah. And, you know, now that they have the ninth pick, they could go for one of the offensive linemen. I have a feeling because, and we'll talk about this Raiders acquisition soon. I'll just go ahead and say it. They picked up Jimmy Garoppolo. So now the Raiders at seven aren't going to go quarterback. It's likely they're going to go for the offensive line. They either have Skoronsky or Paris Johnson. That's really your options when it comes to the top 10. So the Bears, if they want, could pick up whoever doesn't get drafted by the Raiders there.
1: And I think it would be a fantastic pick for them.
0: Yeah, it'd be huge. And then they also added Titans defensive end, Demarcus Walker. Uh, Two years, 14 million. They were throwing all sorts of stats around. The biggest one to me is that last year his, I believe it was QB Pressure's would have led the Bears um it, when he was with the Titans. I believe it was 14 or 16 QB pressures. Um wow. would have led the Bears. His sacks as well would have led the Bears last season. So DeMarcus Walker is a huge pickup for them.
1: Yeah, it would he would have led the Bears in what you said, pressures and sacks.
0: Yeah.
1: And you got him for Years 14 million dollars. Are you kidding me? <laughs> wow. I-, I didn't even know that. That's a great signing.
0: Yeah, ridiculously good pickup. And uh also just some smaller ones. They extend their fullback. Uh Kari Blasingame. Blas him Blasingam? I don't know. And Patrick Scales, their long snapper. But okay. Let's talk about the Bengals because they've done absolutely jack shit. <laughs> All they did was oh, no. re-sign Jermaine Pratt to three years, or $20 million.
1: That's a good one, though. He's a playmaker. I it's, mean, it, you they need to be more aggressive, but th- this is a really good one.
0: It's a great move, but it seems to me that they've just lost both of their safeties in Jesse Bates and Von Bell. They've only brought back Jermaine Pratt. It kind of looks like they're in a position where it's like, Okay, we have the offense. Why are they not making defensive moves here?
1: Yeah, I I don't know either. Um I've heard some whispers that they could be linked with uh, CJ Gardner-Johnson, which would, you know, obviously make sense, you know, seeing that they just lost not only their two starting safeties but really really good starting safeties. Um they're, they're 100% going to have to address at, le- at least one of those safety positions, right? I mean, you can't you can't lose both guys like that and do nothing about it. Unless unless they have some, you know, hidden, you know, diamond in the rough backup that no one knows about. But I doubt it.
0: Yeah, you never know. But, yeah, I, I just I feel like the Bengals should be doing more. They, you know, as crazy as it sounds, they did not meet the expectations this year. They made it to the AFC Championship. But the expectation with this Bengals team is make it to a Super Bowl. It, it really it's to win a super bowl is the expectation at this point you didn't even make it and now it seems like you're getting worse following that season
1: that's that's a good point and i just i just want to reiterate like they have not i, mean, I i'm sure that they'll draft a safety i'm not too sure how the you know safety market is looking this year in the draft but grayson you lost your pro bowl free safety and then the captain of your defense at strong safety like I, when i was making this uh when i was writing my notes like i i don't think people realize how like huge this is this is a massive blow for this defense i mean forget uh, name a corner on the bengals
0: Can't you can't uh mike hilton oh
1: yeah okay the mike hilton he's he's <laughs> solid he's That's a solid I know. but as far eli as other dbs go yeah eli apple uh, well he's a meme but like you have nobody. No, you have no safeties anymore, and just lot like ah oh man. I don't know. I I don't know why this one is firing me up so much, but it literally is, it's a Pro Bowl free safety, and they should be happy. They haven't done anything. What'd you say?
0: You should be happy.
1: I am. I'm for <laughs> <thrilled>. real. <laughs> Kenny Pickett will probably not sling it against the Bengals, but I can dream.
0: Yeah, maybe maybe Najee will do well.
1: I'm sure, but the Bengals needed to be more aggressive. But, you know, going back to what they did do, Jermaine Pratt, um, I want to say he was the – oh, crap. I think he made a really big play. I I think he was – did he make the play that got him to the Super Bowl? Um, An AFC championship game? Like it was an interception or something.
0: He might have. Yeah, I, I can't quite remember it.
1: Well, anyway, I mean, you've locked up a playmaker who, you know, has played well for you in the playoffs and in the regular season. Jermaine Pratt, super underrated here. They have to address safety. <laughs>
0: yeah. It, it, it At this point, it looks like it's got to be C.J. Gardner-Johnson or they're doing it in the draft. Yeah. I mean, that that's really – that's it. <laughs> yeah. There's not much available. But let's talk about the Browns. I, I actually think they made a couple of good moves. They pick up former vikings defensive tackle dalvin tomlinson four years fifty seven million you know for a defensive tackle in this market now, it's not too bad of a deal
1: yeah, um, there were some d tackles that we'll get to later that you know completely trumps this deal, but alvin tomlinson, i want to say he's twenty nine uh Maybe maybe four years is a little bit too long for a defensive tackle at 39, maybe. But I think he also has a lot of upside. You're finally getting another guy on that defensive line to help out Miles Garrett, um, which I think is probably the biggest move or the biggest upside to this move. Um, but yeah, like I said, I, I kind of want to pose this as a question to you now. Do you think four years is too much for a D tackle that's 29?
0: I don't. And I think it's because with most defensive tackles, their play can sustain for a while. Uh, They can get up there in age. The problem I see here with four years is the possibility of injury as he gets older. That's really the only spot I see it. But I feel like their abilities even up into those ages, like, you know, obviously Aaron Donald is a physical anomaly, but... I feel like he's kind of proof.
1: Yeah, that that is true. But I, I feel like guys like even Aaron Donald have already hinted at retirement before. The only do the only two D tackles I can think of that have played long into their career. One obviously being Fletcher Cox, you know, our lifetime, uh, and and a little bit of our lifetime. Vince Wilfork I think played for a really long time too. But those are yeah. like, I think two outliers there. I, I think maybe we we can we can agree on that 4 years is like the perfect time you know he'd be 33 i feel like at 34 for a defensive tackle that's probably where things start to get you know a little bit um everything starts to hurt a little bit more <laughs> yeah. should i say so maybe 4 years is perfect there but i i think it's maybe one or two years too much personally
0: i don't know i think i'm fine with 4 years especially with the position the browns are in they need to bolster the defensive line it can't just be miles garrett so I think it's a good move to do whatever you can to pick these guys up.
1: Yeah. I mean, like I said, Dalvin Thompson, he's a great player, so good pick up by Cleveland.
0: Yeah, and they pick up Texans. Outside linebacker, I'm pretty sure he goes by Obi or Oboe, um, but it's Ogbania Akarankwo. Pretty sure that's how you say it, and I'm pretty sure that was spot on. Three years, Three years, $19 million. Conservative deal here. Pretty good pass rush help. I, I see no issues with this.
1: Yeah, I don't either. I, I think the the Browns have been kind of weak, you know, linebacker-wise for the past couple of years. Um, of course, they've tried to bring in guys like Jadavia and Clowney, but I feel like they weren't, you know, nearly as effective with Cleveland as they were um, as he was, uh, you know, on previous teams. But, uh, oh, my God, what's that guy's name? He He plays for the Browns. They just drafted him as another um like african sounding name they just he's probably got like a lot of potential can't think of his name
0: i i don't know either
1: well oh, anyway I, they you know he'll join him and i don't know if they can maybe grow together like i said they they haven't really looked good at linebacker in the past couple of years so this is probably another good move for them
0: yeah and then they also re-signed their center ethan pochich 3 years 18 million and honestly, in this center market, you've got to re-sign your guys because it looks like everybody else is. It's very hard to find one on the market.
1: Yeah, uh, and that's, yeah, to your point, it looks like every every center transaction that I see is a re-sign, so kind of funny.
0: All right, let's talk about the Cowboys, America's team. They've actually made some good moves. I, I can't knock them for these moves. They pick up safety Donovan Wilson, or sorry, they re safety Donovan Wilson three years, $24 million. Obviously, just a couple of weeks ago, they franchise-tagged Tony Pollard, bring him back. But the big news here is the trade. They traded the 127th pick. It was a, just a conditional pick that they got just days ago for Stefan Gilmore from the Colts huge. I know Stefan Gilmore is getting up there in age. Still an impact player at the corner position.
1: Yeah, um I want to say that uh you know, he obviously was defensive player of the year with the Patriots, which that's already, you know, that's already an amazing um award to receive there, especially being a corner. Um uh did he he only went to the Colts, right? He hasn't played for a third team? Well, now he has, but I think so. Okay, I remember, I want to say his first couple seasons with the Colts, you could definitely see um, that he had kind of slipped back a little bit in his game. But last season, I want to say it was a very solid comeback for uh, Stephon Gilmore. And now he's in he's in Jerry World, man. That's, uh, I don't know, I feel like every time the Cowboys get a big-time player like that, it just, it, it fits. It's like a player, it's like a big-time player going to the Yankees. It's like, you know, kind of one of those that makes you go like, oh yeah, of course, of course they would get him.
0: Yeah, but it, I think will do know, well there.
1: It's a the good, Cowboys, it's a good
0: pickup. Cowboys fans aren't going to boo him.
1: No, definitely <laughs> not.
0: But it is—it's it, nice because now Trayvon Diggs has you know a little bit of pressure off of him being you know kind of the only very good player in their secondary.
1: Exactly, and you know with the Donovan Wilson resign, I feel like the Cowboys, you know, kind of that, that's what they're doing is they're finally addressing that secondary and. We talked a little bit about it pre recording, but um, draft that Micah Parsons was taken in. I want to say the Cow the uh, Broncos traded up in front of uh, Dallas to get Patrick Sertan, uh, who the Cowboys I think were almost 100% certain that was going to be their guy. Of course, it ended up working out. Micah's a dog, but you know, the Cowboys kind of had to take a year off of uh drafting that cornerback. Well. They've got a big one here in free agency, and you know you've had Trevon Diggs kind of develop a little bit too. Th- this is a this is a really good job addressing their uh, uh, defensive backs by the Cowboys.
0: Yeah, and they also signed linebacker, uh, or they re-signed linebacker Leighton Vander Esch, two years, eleven million. That's a very small number for a guy that just a couple of years ago, as a rookie, we all thought that he was like the next big linebacker. For the Cowboys, uh, obviously he was playing ab- alongside Sean Lee, who was already one of the best in the league at the time. He falls off, and so did Vanderesh. It didn't seem like he really lived up to what he looked like in those first years, and now you bring him back, pretty small deal. It, you know, you hope that he can get back to that, but you can't really count on it.
1: No, I, I don't think you can. Um, and that's kind of I think that what the Cowboys did here is it, it's a guy they like. It's a guy that's been around for you know a while now. Get him on. What was it? Two years, eleven million dollars. Yeah, that's pretty good for for someone who had a good rookie year and then kind of fallen off. At least the Cowboys, you know, didn't overpay for this guy. I feel like Leighton Van Der Esch and his agent, you know, kind of saw it as a pretty fair deal. You know, like he's definitely not playing at his best so they can get him cheaper. And, you know, with how he played in his rookie year, Grayson, there's, all, there's always that chance, you know, that he can come back and be even better than what he was in his rookie year. So if he does that on a deal that's, you know, two years and $11 million, that's a pretty damn good deal.
0: Yeah. All right. Let's talk about Broncos country. Because if there's ever been a time to ride, it's now. They made a ton of moves and they honestly not a single bad move here in the whole list.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: It starts off on the offensive line. They pick up 49ers right tackle Mike McClinchy, five years, 87 and a half million. Huge deal right here. The 49ers offensive line obviously was fantastic last year. Mike McClinchy huge part of it and the Broncos needed to address this. They also pick up Ravens guard Ben Powers for years 51 and a half million. They couldn't have picked up two better offensive linemen on in this market, honestly.
1: Yeah, and I I feel like it's the Broncos kind of saying like, okay, Russell Wilson, you know, now is seriously the time for zero excuses. Um McGlinchey is a wonderful wonderful right tackle that they now have for five years and I don't know a lot about Ben Powers but I can tell you this that in the past you know couple of years any guard that you get from Baltimore is going to be a dog yeah. and they paid him like a dog so you know those two offensive linemen here oh man At, the evil part of me though Grayson the evil part of me Because we've already talked too nice about the Broncos. We've been shitting on them all year long. And now, you know, we've kind of, you know, told them good job for these two offensive linemen. But I would love to see Russell Wilson still play bad.
0: Yeah, I would would too. I'm
1: sorry. (laughs) But even with these two offensive linemen, I just feel like it would make him look like even more of a clown than he already is. But, you know, like I said earlier, and just to kind of finish off my statement here, now is the time for Russell Wilson. It's, you know, zero excuses at this point.
0: Yeah and then they also bolster the defense as well. Former Cardinals defensive end Zach Allen signs a 3-year, 47.75 million dollar deal. That's a big one. Zach Allen's kind of gotten overshadowed in Arizona, uh you know, in past years Chandler Jones, JJ Watt, guys like that were on the defensive line with him. Zach Allen has been fantastic. And once just just another great acquisition here and you got to tip your hat at this point already. To the Broncos GM and their whole front office for the moves they've made.
1: Yeah. Um, and I know Bradley Chubb was a outside linebacker that they lost this year, but hey, the End, he's still on the edge over there. It, it's, you know, I feel like it's in a way kind of replacing Bradley Chubb. And like you said, Zach Allen, he's flown under the radar, and the Broncos are the ones that land him. It's a good pickup.
0: Yeah, last season, five and a half sacks, uh, 47 tackles. Um, let's see eight pass deflections, 11 stuffs like the guy played fantastic football last year. And it's just adding to this Broncos defense. They also re-signed linebacker Alex Singleton, three years, 18 million, pretty conservative deal in the linebacker market. You keep a guy who played pretty well last year on the defense.
1: I was just about to say, he he's a very decent, you know, player that they have there. He can make plays and, signed him for, I mean, cheap-ish. Maybe you could have gotten him for cheaper here, but, I mean, hey, they're throwing money around. Fuck it.
0: Yeah. They even threw some money at former Auburn quarterback and former Raiders quarterback Jarrett Stidham. Two years, $10 million. Obviously a backup quarterback because, you know, you can't sit at Russell Wilson. And, look, this does nothing, but it's kind of nice to see Jarrett Stidham, you know,
1: Get a a decent contract. I like it too. Um, you know, his couple games for uh Vegas uh last season were were not that bad in my opinion. And you know, with your quarterback being kind of shaky, Jared Sitham for as cheap as you got him too. That's a very good pickup.
0: Yeah. And then they also pick up former Jags t- uh tight end Chris Manhurts, uh two years, six million. Not really like a big tight end move. Uh, but just a solid blocking tight end to add to the roster. Uh, another one that kind of came through recently, they also picked up Samajay Piran, two years, $7.5 million with $1 million available in incentives. Samaje Piran was a pretty solid second running back for the Bengals, and I think he offers a very good um, kind of dump play offense for Russell Wilson.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um... Ryan will be great, especially with you, uh, losing Melvin Gordon. Uh, of course we all hope that Javante Williams can come back from his, uh, ACL. I think it was, um, that he got hurt with like week, really early on in the season and, you know, the Broncos, they looked okay with, uh, Javante Williams and, uh, Melvin Gordon kind of alternating snaps. It wasn't the best, but it was decent. And I feel like, you know, P Ryan just kind of signifies that they, they like having two decent backs on their team.
0: Yeah. Some fantastic moves from the Broncos. Um, obviously, they had to do a, a great job here because they don't have a first-round pick, and um, they they certainly have filled that void.
1: Yeah, they're, uh, they gave up their first-round pick thinking that they were going to make it to the playoffs, Grayson.
0: <laughs> well,
1: they got close.
0: They figured it out now. Yeah. <laughs> The Lions, another team that made a ton of moves, um, and a bunch of ones that I really like. So, uh, former Steelers cornerback Cameron Sutton, three years, thirty-three million. It's a solid pickup. They needed to address the secondary. It's exactly what they did.
1: Yeah, I like this pickup. Of course, you know, with me being a Steelers fan, Cameron Sutton is a he's a great player. He's not a cornerback one, but he definitely is a good player. But want to throw some stats at you here, Grayson. So the Lions in 2022, last season, uh, pass yards allowed or no yards allowed per pa- uh, pass play. Sorry, a lot of P's in that sentence Number 31st. Uh, and that was with Jeff Okuda and, um, oh, oh my god, how do you say that guy's name? Uh, Who, who's their second corner?
0: Yeah, don't test me, man. Uh, <laughs>
1: okay, well, he's, he's another he, uh, Mr. Amani is what we'll call him. He's a, he's a cornerback too. He did have his job taken uh, or no Jeff Okuda had his job taken by Mr. Amani uh, last season. Cause you know, it was shaky. Um, passing y- yards allowed per game. They ranked 30th. So, Mike or not Mike Hilton. Cameron Sutton is going to be kind of a great addition here. Uh, like I said earlier, he's not your cornerback one like they hoped with Jeff Okuda, but he's someone that, you know, can definitely get them a little bit higher up in those pass rankings, uh, towards the end of uh next season.
0: Yeah. And they also picked or they also re-signed a couple of key guys as well. They re signed inside linebacker Alex Anzalone. I think it's Anzalone. It might be just Anzalone. Um Three years, 18.75. Defensive lineman Isaiah Bugs, two years, 6 million. Uh, They bring back offensive tackle Matt Nelson. They bring back, um, I think, their third string running back here, Craig Reynolds, and defensive lineman John Kaminsky, two years, 8.5 million. And I think it was a good, good showing here from the Lions in these first two days of free agency to bring back a lot of guys because they were a good team last year. You know, obviously there's some defensive things that need some help, but bringing back guys that have already been in the system is a recipe for success with this team.
1: I completely agree with you, but I feel like with where the lions are, um, I feel like with where the lions are at now, I would have liked to have seen them make at least one aggressive move. Of course, um, free agency, you know, it's not over yet and there's still plenty of good players left. Maybe, um, you know, with that secondary, we could see them taking um, – who was it? Who's left? I think it's Jordan Jordan Poyer's left. Um, James Bradbury just got signed. You also got guys like Byron Murphy. I don't think he's been signed. Marcus Peters hasn't been signed. So maybe we'll see one of those guys go uh, to Detroit soon. But, you know, right now I, I would just kind of grade this as being just decent. It, it's just average. I mean, you're you're keeping the same guys and you added Cameron Sutton. So it, it's it's okay.
0: Yeah, the biggest thing here for me is that they need to bring back Jamal Williams.
1: Oh yeah, that's right. He is a free agent. Yeah, you can't you can't lose the guy that has more touchdowns in a season than Barry Sanders.
0: Yeah, that's the one thing missing here for the Lions. And from the way it looks, from what I've seen, the Lions are probably not getting them. Really? Yeah, and I'll I'll talk about that later once we're done going through everybody that has signed. Talk about the Packers because they have done nothing. <laughs> they brought back primarily a return specialist and Keyshawn Nixon, who far and away one of the best return men last year. I think he had like 50 more yards over expected than second uh, when it comes to return uh, kick returners last season. Sign him one year, six million. Obviously, he's a return specialist, but. They've done nothing else, and I think it's interesting because Lazard's gone, Rogers is all but gone, and you're still not adding to this offense.
1: I, I guess they're fine with the Bears finally having a better record than them next year.
0: I, I guess that's what it
1: works like. That's <laughs> what it looks
0: like. Randall Cobb's a free agent too, and he decided that he's going to keep playing football. He uh, made a tweet. Uh, earlier today announcing that he's going to stay uh, or at least keep playing football, but he's a free agent as well. So, like, if you want Jordan Love to be your starting quarterback, you might need a little more than Christian Watson. Yeah,
1: which, I mean, maybe they're betting on the fact of, you know, they still have Aaron Jones, they still have uh, offensive lineman like Bakhtiari, Still have, like you said, Christian Watson. Um, haven't really lost anybody on the defense. So maybe they're just kind of hoping the maybe even completely rebrand, be a totally different offense next year, which would be, you know, good to see. I hope, you know, if that's the case, their their offense is more towards Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon than anybody else. But, you know, maybe the Packers, maybe they have it all under control. Maybe, maybe this is all part of their plan.
0: Maybe. Who knows? All right, let's talk about the Texans, though. Texans made a bunch of moves as well. Probably the most moves uh, of anybody, which kind of surprised me. But, you know, from how how many players I saw, that it was like Texans showing interest in this guy throughout the last week. It's not all that surprising. But huge list here. Started off wide receiver, uh, two wide receiver moves, really. So former Titans, Wide receiver Robert Woods signs for two years, fifteen point two five million. A great move here, just you know, giving your soon-to-be rookie quarterback, whoever you bring in, targets. That's it's huge.
1: And and I think with Robert Woods is he always, at least from what I can remember, was always kind of a wide receiver two guy. Anyway, you know, with tight with um, with Tennessee, he literally was like. I forgot that he even existed whenever he went to the Titans. Um, I think, you know, with him behind Brandon Cooks, of course there have been talks about Brandon Cooks leaving, but um, I'm kind of leaning towards more that he'll stay. Brandon Cooks, I, I think he will help out Robert Woods a lot. And Robert Woods can kind of go back to his old wide receiver two, um, you know, Rams era. Uh, and I, I feel like it's a good move, but I think the Texans definitely overpaid for this guy.
0: Yeah, I I think so. But also, like with how the market looks right now for wide receivers, like Odell's looking for twenty million a year. Yeah. You get Robert Woods for you know, just about seven like seven and a half a year. I, I think you kind of save money, even though he's a wide receiver too.
1: Yeah, I mean that that is true.
0: And then they also picked up Cowboys wide receiver Noah Brown. I think this one is kind of a sneaky good pick. Um, He's going to be the wide receiver three, but last season, as essentially the wide receiver three as well for the Cowboys, 43 receptions, 555 yards, three touchdowns. That is some very good numbers for a guy who was pretty much playing behind C.D. Lamb, who had a huge season, and Michael Gallup.
1: And Dalton Schultz, yeah, but uh, I I don't know though it is the the Texans already have guys they you know you have Nico Collins you have John Mechie the third and you have Amari Rogers as well I, I don't know if I necessarily like Noah Brown completely just you know submitted wide receiver three I think I would like to see all these guys get rotation but I mean wow I didn't now I didn't realize that Noah Brown had that good of a season that that is very decent for him in that offense.
0: Yeah. And then probably their biggest move here, uh, you know, in my mind, is picking up 49ers free safety Jimmy Ward. Two years, Literally. 13 million. Yeah. If you would have asked me what Jimmy Ward was going to get for two years, I'd have probably said 25.
1: Yeah. No, I completely agree with you. Listen. This guy, right off the bat, the first note that I took is I think he can help uh, Jalen Petrie develop. Petrie was like, well, I think we said it on the podcast, as a rookie safety. Rookie safety. <laughs> he was like top like 15 or 20 in tackles in the NFL, which I think, you know, it, it's back there, but that's pretty damn impressive. He'll have Jimmy Ward to learn from now. Uh, you And like you just said, I have another note here. Got him dirt, dirt cheap for this dude. Um, Jimmy Ward is also coming off of a three pick season. Three picks is not a lot, but hell that's the most in his career. And yeah, the Texans real. They got a very good player for cheap here.
0: Yeah. And I think the main reason they were able to save some money on this is because D'Amico Ryans is the head coach. Obviously this is just Jimmy Ward wanting to play for D'Amico Ryans. And I think that that says a lot about what D'Amico Ryans can do in the future is if he's bringing guys over and they're taking like less, like six and a half million a year, guys that deserve probably more. You know, I'm not a, I'm not a GM. I, I don't have a valuation on Jimmy Ward, but he was a great player last year, and I, I don't know. I, I'm just, I'm still kind of surprised by how low that number is.
1: I mean, too, I I, I don't know. I, I just still think that Jimmy Ward is hot from, you know, asking his head coach if he could either play or not play nickel. I can't remember. And then his coach said, do you want to ride the bench? So
0: Yeah, that would make sense.
1: Yeah, that is that is true.
0: They also <laughs> pick up a backup quarterback in Case Keenum, two years, $6.25 million. Once again, a guy who has won in the NFL as your backup quarterback, I think that – that's the best move you can do possible, especially when you have a rookie coming in. Like Case Keenum is one of the more experienced backup quarterbacks in the league. And I I think that this is a big move because of, you know, most likely, you know, in my mind right now, it's gonna be Bryce Young. That's debatable, but I think Bryce Young's our quarterback next year, and having Case Keenum behind him is gonna be big.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, you're adding to a quarterback room that, you know, is also Davis Mills, too. And I I, I like the competition that's going to create kind of like the Heineke um, pickup as well with, you know, him being with Ritter. Like they're going to be able to compete a lot with each other and it's just going to be, you know, good for their quarterback room as a whole. It'll be good for whoever they draft. It'll be honestly, it could be even good for Davis Mills if everything completely goes wrong with whoever they draft. So, yeah, the Texans, they got a good, decent backup quarterback who he's played in playoff games, um, and, yeah, I mean, you got him for really cheap.
0: Yeah, huge. And then they also pick up uh, Broncos fullback slash tight end, Andrew Beck. He kind of played both positions last season. Two years, $6.25 million. Same deal as Case Keenum, but Andrew Beck's a guy that's certainly going to get playing time.
1: Yeah, um, I like the utility aspect of this guy. I feel like the Texans are in a good spot, or not in a good spot, I should say, but they're in a spot where they honestly could use a guy that can play fullback and tight end. So Andrew Beck is another good sign.
0: Yeah. And, you know, having that kind of blocking ability, not just for Bryce Young, but also for Damian Pierce is so, so big for this team.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: And then they pick up Niners defensive tackle Hassan Ridgeway one year, 3.25 million. And Ridgeway hasn't been like a fantastic player. He really wasn't, you know, a star on such a star studded defense last season. But once again, it's just another guy coming over playing for his former coach. And like we were just talking about this defensive tackle market has been giant. To get a guy for 3.25 is fantastic, no matter how he plays.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: And then they also bring in former Broncos running back Mike Boone. He signs a two year, 3.1 million. That's obviously, you know, a backup running back, rotational kind of guy um, signing. But Mike Boone did a couple of good things in Denver last year.
1: Yeah, I was just going to bring that up is, you know, he. It is kind of like one of those dud signings, but it's a good signing. We've seen Mike Boone before. We know he can make plays, and the Texans are just, you know, adding talent.
0: Yep. They also bring in Browns defensive end Chase Winovich, one year, $2 million. What it looks like here, kind of just across the board, is that the Texans went super small money guys across the board. They got a cheap wide receiver in Robert Woods as well as Noah Brown they get jimmy ward for cheap. They bring in a cheap quarterback, a cheap tight end, defensive tackle, running back, defensive end. Like all of these guys outside of jimmy ward and robert woods 6.25 and under on their total contract. It, they're saving money because they know that they're going to make acquisitions in the future. And it's a thing that most teams mess up on is you start this rebuild and then you end up tying all your money into a bunch of guys that probably aren't worth it. They've done a great job of just bringing in guys to help them get a couple of wins next year and saving money with it.
1: Yeah. And another thing too, is I, they're also kind of spreading the wealth. They're not tying their money into like three big guys. Instead, they're just kind of like loading their talent, you know, on both sides of the ball. And you kind of speak about chase Winovich is he did some pretty cool things with the Patriots. Um, Then, you know, whenever he joined Cleveland, he just kind of like completely died out. I don't know if it's been injuries or maybe he's just not playing as well. But Jace Winovich is a guy that, you know, we've seen him make plays before, and the Texans just added him to their roster. It's a a decent pickup for, you know, $2 million.
0: Yeah, and they also traded for Shaq Mason, the offensive guard, and a seventh-round pick from Tampa for just a sixth-round pick. Great move as well. Bolster the offensive line just to help out that run game as well as your young quarterback next year.
1: Yeah, Shaq Mason is a super underrated guard, um, and he'll be a great pickup for this offensive line that's already, you know, not the best. He'll, he'll probably automatically be the best, you know, week one.
0: Yeah, and then they also re sign safety. MJ Stewart, two years, seven and a half million. Just putting a guy across the field from Jimmy Ward. Big stuff there. Big stuff. And then let's talk about the Colts. Um, a bunch of, uh, you know, really a couple of not big moves here. Uh, th- honestly, the biggest move is them picking up Matt Gay. Uh, obviously, the former Rams kicker. Uh, four years, $22.5 million. Great deal for a fantastic kicker.
1: Yeah. Um, look, the Colts have probably been the worst kicking team since Adam Benatari's last year in 2019 where – of course, the, I hate saying that about the legend himself, Anitari, but he was dealing with injuries in 2019, and just he just really wasn't all that great. And ever since then, the Colts have gone through Rodrigo Blankenship, which you know breaks my heart that the Georgia walk-on didn't work out. But man, his goggles are fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Matt Gabe, the past two seasons with the Rams, he's made 60 of 64, which is around a 94 percent, I believe. He's one of the most accurate kickers in the league, honestly. And I feel like with the Colts, you know, they've lost a lot of games by field goals, by extra points. That game could honestly be the difference between a couple of wins for them.
0: Yeah. And the only other moves the Colts have made are re-signing linebacker EJ Speed, two years, 9 million, and re-signing edge Taekwon Lewis, one year, 2.1, two guys that, really aren't like starting quality guys across the league. I I feel like the Colts should have made more moves, but I think right now they've got money tied up in their offensive line, of course, and and a couple of guys on the defense as well. But um, I think this is more just weighted out. They have the weapons right now for their offense to be fine as long as whoever they drafted quarterback plays well. But I just feel like there should be more. You're in a rebuild. This is when you make moves.
1: Yeah. um, The Colts definitely need to be doing more, um, you know, not releasing Matt Ryan. (laughs) True. What did you think about that?
0: Uh, You know what? (laughs) I'm fine with it. (laughs) He does not need to be there.
1: Yeah, I I think. um, You think it's done for Matty Ice? We'll see. I think yeah, it's it's one of those where I, I don't think it's actually a clear answer on whether he would retire or not.
0: Put him in a Buccaneers jersey.
1: You want him in the division, man?
0: I want him to do what he needs to do.
1: Okay, I like it. But uh, going back to you know the topic here, the Colts, of course, the kicker is a great pickup, but they you know they needed to do more. For sure, and they also lost. Um. Uh. I'm not gonna be able to pronounce his name. We'll, we'll talk about him later. Whenever you know, we talk about where he signed with. But uh, Bobby Bobby O'Okur. Help me out, man. O- o- Is it please?
0: Oh, sorry. Um, me?
1: Bobby. He's a linebacker. O'Kirk, o- O'Kerky, O'Keroki.
0: I know exactly who you're talking about. I gotta find it so I can read the name.
1: Kirky. Kericky. O- I'll be Okuriki, Final answer.
0: Yeah, go ahead. That that's good enough for me.
1: Yeah. Uh, but lost him as well. Uh, you know they get to keep guys like Zaire Franklin and uh, I think Shaq Leonard missed like almost all of last season with a back injury. Uh, you know he's supposed to be one of the best linebackers in the league. But the Colts will have some guys coming back and their linebackers will still be good. But as we've said many times, they probably should have done more.
0: Yeah. It's still – sorry. Every time somebody says Shaq Leonard, it just throws me off and then I just remember who that is.
1: Yeah, he he's that forgotten player that didn't – Well, it's because he changed his name. Out. What did his name used to be?
0: Darius. Really?
1: Yeah, he came into the league and he was
0: fantastic and he was called Darius Leonard.
1: It's funny. I never knew that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right, we can move on though. <laughs> <laughs> The Kansas City Chiefs. They pick up former Jags right tackle Jawan Taylor four years 80 million. I think it's a fantastic move. The problem is he's most likely going to be playing left tackle, which is a position that he has only played when he was in college, and it wasn't his primary position.
1: And left tackle with the right handed quarterback, you know, that that's a big deal. That's the blind spot. So the blind side, but I I think he probably would be fine, honestly. I think so. He's worked his way into, you know, becoming a great tackle in this league. Of course, he's very deserving of this four-year $80 million contract. I like this guy a lot. He's 25 years old, but this guy's actually never missed a game in his career. And that, I think, says a lot about tackles in this league. Um, And he'll also um, get that contract. He'll still be 25 years old in, like, the first months of football coming back. So – They've locked the guy up for you know pretty much all of the years that he'll be in his prime, probably. And I feel like that's going to be, you know, it's going to pay off well for this Chiefs team.
0: Yeah, I I just, you know, it's a tough loss to lose Orlando Brown.
1: Yeah, big loss.
0: But they also bring in uh, defensive end Tershawn Wharton. uh, Or they re-signed him. Sorry. Uh, One year, $2 million. Not a big game-changing move there. Let's talk about the Chargers, because I feel like, I don't know. Okay, so there's some weird stuff going on with this Eric Kendricks pickup. So obviously coming from the Vikings, inside linebacker Eric Kendricks signed a two-year, $13.25 million deal. Last night, probably around like 1 a.m., right before I went to bed, I was just scrolling through all the NFL moves and news and stuff on Twitter, and I see a tweet. Somebody says, it's some reporter. He texted Eric Kendricks about his contract situation. All that Eric Kendricks responded with was a picture of Prince, which would lead people to think that he was going to stay in Minnesota. But he's not. <laughs> I get up in the morning, go through, go about my day, check it about midday, check the news, Eric Kendricks to the Chargers. And I'm like, that's weird. So I don't know what happened there. But regardless, Eric Kendricks, great pickup. But the Chargers are in probably the worst situation in the NFL because they're a good team and they have no money.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm honestly surprised that we even have the Chargers on this piece of paper here Grayson, but I mean, you know, to look at it at face value, Eric Kendricks is a fantastic linebacker. It feels like it feels like he's literally been just always consistently really good the entire time he's been in this league, and I know um, he's a UCLA kid, so I'm sure. Actually, I know that, that had a lot to do with his dis- decision making because I think he posted um, something today. It's just a picture of him in college or something like that, um, being being like a you know UCLA kid, um, and you know he was seemed to be happy about it. You know, caption was like bolts up or whatever the fuck they say over there, but. Eric Hendricks is a pretty good signing, but like you said, they they have zero money.
0: (laughs) Yeah, uh, it's just confusing. They also re-signed backup quarterback Easton Stick, which I think is just a funny name.
1: Yeah, that's a good one.
0: Because, you know, Easton Baseball Bat Company, Stick, nickname for a baseball bat. Whatever. It's stupid. (laughs) We'll move on. (laughs) Actually, there's a team that isn't on this list because the only move they made uh, was picking up uh, a pick and a backup tight end, uh, and that's the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, obviously, they picked that up through the trade for uh, with the Dolphins, uh, in which they sent Jalen Ramsey to Miami. H- how are the Rams not making moves?
1: I don't know. I mean, that's a, that's a super good question, and it, they they're probably going to lose Bobby Wagner
0: too. Yeah. Like,
1: they need some sure. help.
0: Yeah.
1: And they want to trade Matthew Stafford.
0: Yeah. So I, open to it. I think I they're I think they're trying to rebuild.
1: I think I would even go as far as to say like a tank.
0: <laughs> Maybe tank season. I don't know. I, I just feel like last year obviously nothing was going their way. And there's still plenty of good players on this roster. But if you look at the roster when they won the Super Bowl, compared to the roster they have right now, they have lost like fifty percent of those players.
1: Yeah, that that's insane. But who knows how they'll look with um, you know, Cooper Cup healthy again. I mean, they like you said, they have some good players. So maybe they're just kind of playing it safe this off season. They're just kind of gonna see what, see what they can do with what they have, and then go off of how next season goes.
0: We'll see. But let's talk about the Raiders. made a ton of moves, some really good ones, um you know, some relatively insignificant ones as well, but I feel like the biggest one being Jimmy Garoppolo. they signed him to a three-year 72.75 million dollar contract. I I don't know, I think it's a little much, but Jimmy Garoppolo is worth the I can't even say I can't even say he's worth that money.
1: I can't either. <laughs> I, I he's a he's got a pretty face. I think that's why he got this. Always oh,
0: <laughs> <bonk. laughs> right. Huge. I guarantee
1: there. That, that's that's why. That's why.
0: Maybe. I feel like it probably did him better in California.
1: Yeah, I mean but, that is true. Garoppolo, we we've talked about it before. I think. I think. Garoppolo is a better fit for Oakland. Derek Carr is. Yeah. But, not Oakland, Vegas, sorry. Still on. I'm still like in 2018. Garoppolo, like you said, I I think it's a little bit too much money. I, I think the Raiders could have gotten him maybe for cheaper, but I don't know. They were desperate. They lost Derek Carr. They're probably your teams that would have given Garoppolo maybe even longer and more money contract too. I kind of feel like maybe the Raiders were extra desperate to try to get this guy.
0: All right. I have uh I don't know what I'd say a, a s- scenario for you. That's the term. Okay. Okay. Do you think that Jimmy Garoppolo as the quarterback of the Las Vegas Raiders, so with the squad that they have, what quarterback like, who's the worst quarterback that you think could get more wins than what you think Jimmy Garoppolo will get for the Raiders? Who's the worst
1: quarterback that I think could get more wins than Garoppolo?
0: Or No, who's the worst quarterback that you think would get more wins? Because I have maybe an outlandish take.
1: <laughs> an outlandish take. Um, I don't know. That's a good question. What's your take?
0: I think Baker Mayfield could get more wins for the Raiders than Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh,
1: man. (laughs) What? I think Taylor Heineke could get more wins than Jimmy Garoppolo.
0: That was my other one. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think both of them are good for seven. Yeah. At least. Obviously, Jimmy Garoppolo is consistent, but he's not a game changer. Luckily, there is game changers on this team that will make up the difference there. I think Jimmy Garoppolo, when it comes down to it, in in a situation where your QB has to win you the game, let's say that they were in that situation every single time this next season, I think they win seven games.
1: Yeah, no, I, I actually will agree with that outlandish take there.
0: Okay, I'm glad I'm not the only one thinking it, because... I just I don't value Jimmy Garoppolo this way. Yeah,
1: I'd say I'll give you 50-50. Not Baker Mayfield, but definitely Heineke. I think Heineke can get you more wins than Garoppolo.
0: I, dude, I don't know. I, I just have this weird thing about Baker Mayfield where I just think he's probably – I I think I rate him much better than he actually is.
1: <laughs> is it Baker season? And I, I've already asked you this question, but is it Baker season for the Rams next year?
0: Nah, it's Baker season for the Buccaneers.
1: That would be kind of entertaining.
0: Trust, trust that. And
1: Baker, Baker Mayfield with warm weather, dude. I, I wouldn't want to be, wouldn't want to be his caretaker.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he certainly needs one. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Boy. let's talk about the rest of the Raiders' moves, though. Great move here. They pick up Pat, Patriots wide receiver Jacoby Myers, three years, thirty-three million. I think that's a fantastic move. Because it just adds to this offense just a little bit more. Obviously, you already have your wide receiver one. One of the best wide receivers in the league in Devontae Adams. But after that, there's kind of a significant drop-off. Especially foreshadowing here. You lost Darren Waller. And...
1: (laughs) RIP.
0: Yeah. (laughs) That's That's a tough loss there. But... You lost Darren Waller. So realistically your second best wide receiver is Mac Hollins or Hunter Renfro. Yeah. Kind of between the two. I'd certainly take Jacoby Myers for eleven a year over.
1: I would too. Um with with what we've seen with Jacoby Myers of the Patriots is I, I'll just summarize it in this way. That's a dude on the Patriots who had a lot of talent, but with the Patriots and the way that they were set up by, they were a team that had a shaky quarterback and zero wide receivers. They were asking way too much of Jacoby Myers and he just couldn't fill those shoes yet in his career. Now he gets to sit behind Devonte Adams, have a lot of pressure taken off of him. I think I seriously think he will flourish under this Raiders offense. I think this is like, honestly, out of this entire list, probably like top two, most underrated pickups.
0: Yeah, I think it's one of the best pickups, especially with how thin the wide receiver class is in free agency this season. Jacoby Myers for $11 million a year for three years is great.
1: Yeah, fantastic job by the Raiders there.
0: And then they also pick up former Eagles safety Marcus Epps, uh, two years, $12 million. Uh, former Colts corner Brandon, I think it's Fossesson, Uh one year, $4 million. Uh, running back Amir Abdullah re-signed one-year 1.75, obviously as a backup to Josh Jacobs, who the non-exclusive franchise tagged, and re-signed offensive tackle Brandon Parker for one-year 1.5. I think overall they've made some very good moves. Uh, obviously they got a quarterback. The problem I see here is that the Raiders were in a position where they could have drafted a quarterback and still gotten one that's pretty solid. You know, possibly Richardson, more likely Will Levis, but I just, I don't know. I feel like i rather would have gone for the future rather than picking up Jimmy Garoppolo.
1: Uh, I don't know. It's tough to say. Um, The Raiders, you know, signing Jimmy Garoppolo can definitely get um, a different player, um, not a quarterback give them plenty of talent, plenty of youth. I don't know. I I can I see your argument, but I also see what the Raiders did too. Um I don't know. That that's a tough one to comment on. All
0: right. Well, we can see how it plays out. Let's talk about the Dolphins though. I feel like they've sneakily had some solid pickups. Uh they pick up former Titans linebacker David Long 2 years 11 million. But the pickup I'm much more interested in is signing Mike White as their backup quarterback, two years, eight million. Let me tell you a little fun fact here: Tua Tagovailoa is not going to play a ton of football next year. Mike White is.
1: Where's your time machine, Grayson? <laughs>
0: I don't know. You got to come find it because I, I just look. I I can't trust Tua to stay on the field. I can trust that Mike White is fucking dog. And he's going to go out there whenever he gets the opportunity and just try and beat the shit out of you.
1: I'm so glad that you had a kind of a hot take about Mike White because I also have a hot take about Mike White. Mike White is obviously like 20 times better than Skylar Thompson. Last season, in the playoffs, you had the Dolphins and the Bills, and the Dolphins kept that game close with Skylar Thompson. If Mike White plays that game, the Bills are out. That's that's the kind of quarterback that you're gonna get with Mike White here. I absolutely loved this quarterback pickup here.
0: Yeah, I, I honestly, as insignificant as it seems to pick up a backup quarterback, I think it was probably their second best acquisition of the offseason so far and their best in free agency.
1: Yeah, we've sucked cock about a lot of the, you know, backup quarterback deals in the in this, you know, free agency, but they're all they're all solid, genuinely.
0: There's something about uh, like having a good backup quarterback.
1: Yeah, seriously.
0: Don't give me a on Chad <laughs> what,
1: What's I'm, I want to get you started on Chad <laughs> Dude, the guy's a
0: baller. He's just a baller. He, like, Patrick Mahomes rarely leaves a game. When he does, the Chiefs can trust that Chad Henney can pull, some, pull at least two touchdown drives out of his ass.
1: I mean, he uh, he was the one that sent the uh the Browns home early,
0: yeah. in the playoffs. Yeah, I remember that. Dude's a baller. Game. Uh, they did bring back the Dolphins. Uh, they brought back both of their running backs. Raheem Mostert, uh, re-signed two years, five point six. They also re-signed Jeff Wilson. And look, I think both of these are good moves. I just, I don't know. I feel like they needed a a different look at running back.
1: That's exactly what I was going to say. Um, the, these are good moves, you know, keeping your your former running backs um, still on the team. Of course, these are guys that have shown talent here and there. Um, I, I I think what would have been best for the Dolphins here, especially in a loaded, absolutely loaded um, free agent running back class, resign only one of these guys and then go big somewhere else. I mean, you have dudes like Miles Sanders and Jamal Williams who are. Still free agents, but instead you're bringing back two guys that only got you worse than mediocrity, in my opinion. So, I don't know. We'll we'll just have to see how that plays out. But it would have been nice to see them go more aggressive, go more box office at running back.
0: I think it should have been Mostert and Jamal Williams.
1: Uh, You got a speed guy and your goal line guy.
0: Yeah, I, I think that those two would work off of each other perfectly it would be like, um, hmm, how do I say this? It'd be like Walmart, Aaron Jones, and A.J. Dillon.
1: Damn. (laughs) (laughs) Mainly
0: because of Mostert. Yeah. Because Mostert cannot compare to Aaron Jones.
1: No. Dang, Mostert, he's kind of, he's one of those guys, man, everybody thought he was going to be crazy.
0: I think everybody thinks that about every forty ers average running back that they've had the past four years.
1: Yeah. I mean literally Elijah Mitchell <laughs> in the same boat, I feel like. Yeah.
0: Elijah Mitchell, Tevin Coleman when he went there. Yep. Just doesn't work.
1: They were the one they uh they also brought in Jarek McKinnon.
0: Yeah. Signed didn't him to a big either.
1: deal. Yeah, didn't work there.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, they also re signed Duke Riley, um, former Falcon. Um Two years, $5 million. It's a decent pickup. I don't think Duke Riley's all that good, so I'm glad he didn't get paid very much. Uh, and then, you know, on. big deal is that they traded for Jalen Ramsey, and that's huge. And Tyree Hill right. tweeted something about, like, practice is going to be fun this year.
1: J- uh, <laughs> Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill versus Xavier Howard and Jalen Ramsey. I-, I would just like to watch that. Yeah. I mean, shit that that just sounds awesome.
0: Looks like we're taking a trip to Miami in the summer.
1: Second and short to Miami? Spring (laughs) training?
0: Dude, (laughs) we'd get in trouble.
1: We'd get in trouble.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's talk about the Vikings. So not a lot of moves here, but uh, they pick up Ravens, uh, pretty much third string tight end, Josh Oliver, three years, 21 That's, million. I'm kind of surprised they went relatively long-term here on this tight end acquisition.
1: Me too. Um, you just, you know, you just picked up Hawkinson, who's probably, I mean, easily top five, arguably top three. Um Josh Oliver, you know, he's just someone that'll sit behind him. But I, like you said, I, I feel like for a tight end too, a little bit maybe even too much and too long here.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I agree. Um, you know, seven million's not ridiculous, but for a guy who did not get a ton of playing time. Obviously, behind Mark Andrews and Isaiah likely played really well. There was no spot for him in Baltimore, but that's... It just seems like too much. I, I agree with you. Uh, they did pick up former Saints defensive end Marcus Davenport. Uh, one year, $13 million. It's going to help the pass rush a little bit. Uh, Once again, another guy the Saints lost, which is just crazy. Like, I... I I kind of want to go back and just look through all of the guys that came from the saints that went to other places.
1: See the, the saints are, we'll, we'll talk about this in a second. The saints are fucked. Yeah. They have Derek Carr, Chris Olave, Michael Thomas, and AK.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, still I, I, that's, a, I mean, yeah, they're, they're fucked, but that's a, that's a good core four there.
0: It is. Um, and then they also, uh, the Vikings, Picked up Nick Mullins to be a backup quarterback. Nobody cares. All right, yeah. <laughs> Patriots. Nothing crazy here. Um, which it's Bill Belichick and the Patriots. There's never going to be anything that crazy in free agency. Um, they yeah. pick up cornerback Jonathan Jones wait until they right?
1: draft the next uh, the next uh, Walmart cashier.
0: Yeah, dude. Hey, Cole That's Strange is really good. Cole Strange is really good. <laughs>
1: Really good. Sorry, I cut you off there. I just I had to get that dig in.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you can't be saying that,
1: man. What do you mean, dude? Julian Edelman w- came out of nowhere. This white wide receiver getting picked in the seventh round. Now he's Super Bowl MVP. Hey, believe it. dude. Nick, big Bill. God, I can't even talk. Bill Belichick. He he can he can scout.
0: <laughs> yeah, he loves it, dude. Cole Strange, the guy that he drafted last year in the first round on the offensive line was like a projected third rounder yeah, and he was really damn good
1: <laughs> a funny story about cole strange i'll make it fast uh draft night i had all my buddies over because my birthday's around the draft so you know we were all having a good time um <laughs> so the cole strange pick happened like it happened before we saw it on tv and our friend gavin um who's a patriots fan we we all knew the pick, but he didn't. And we went in the kitchen and watched him in the living room react to this pick with all with like water in our mouths. Let's just say no one no one held the water watching Gavin's reaction to Cole Strange out of like wh- like Chattanooga. Yeah, the first round, and I mean lo and behold, Belichick did it again, and he played amazing.
0: Dude, Belichick is so damn good. at just finding guys.
1: He he's crazy at it.
0: But yeah, so they, they re-signed Jonathan Jones at corner. Two years nineteen million. Great move. Solid corner, decent money, no problems with it at all.
1: Yeah. I, I really like this move. Two years nineteen million dollars for a guy who uh, got four picks last year, which was the most in his career. I, I love that. Jonathan Jones is he's very talented, he's young, and you know, he knows how to find the ball.
0: Yeah, yeah that's and what then, the
1: Patriots got here.
0: They also re signed inside linebacker Raquan McMillan, one year one point six, and offensive guard James Ference to a one year deal. It's not surprising that the Patriots aren't going out and, you know, diving into free agency.
1: Yeah, not at all. I mean, this is, you know, typical of them. This is what we expect of them, but you know gotta pay attention to what they do because, you know, next thing you know, Tom Brady's winning the next Tom Brady's winning eight Super Bowls with Bill Belichick, so
0: or your tight end is committing murder.
1: Whoa. <laughs> Got to be careful. It could happen. It could happen. You're right.
0: You don't want it to happen twice because then that's a culture problem.
1: Yeah, honestly, Bill Belichick, he, how did he bring Aaron Hernandez into the NFL? man? How did he not <laughs> see it coming? He sees it coming all the time. How did he not see Aaron Hernandez, man?
0: Hey, man, it just takes one thing. All right, we're moving on.
1: <laughs> we we somehow managed to fit the crime segment into a podcast without crime. Uh, we do it every time.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about the Saints. Obviously, the big deal, Derek Carr, four years, 150 million, shitload of money. I I don't know if I can say it's worth it or not yet. I gotta see him play. Uh,
1: uh, yeah, same boat as you. Um He's once again going to have talent, you know, to work with. He's going to have, like I said earlier, awesome run game. And uh, Alvin Kamara, of course, he needs to play better than what he did last season. Last season was not too hot. Chris Olave, awesome rookie year. He can only get better. And Michael Thomas healthy. I mean, we saw it, I think, like week one against the Buccaneers maybe. He caught two touchdowns. It was just so nice to see him healthy again. The thing with Derek Carr is, Grayson, is this guy, you can't make a case for him saying that he's never had talent before, and that's what's led to his, you know, mediocre quarterback play. It it literally is him. So, to your point, I got to see him play before I say four years, $150 million is worth, you know, is is what Derek Carr's worth.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm kind of in the same boat here. And outside of Derek Carr, all they've done is re sign guys. They re sign Michael Thomas, uh, restructure his deal, uh, one year deal. I believe it's 20 million. Is that right?
1: Uh, I never actually found the price. I just knew that they re signed. I don't
0: know. It popped up on ESPN while I was waiting to go to class. And then, uh, Jameis Winston re signs one year, 8 million. It, this seems like a move where Jameis was like, okay, familiar with this place. Nobody else has a spot for me. Might as well stay.
1: Yeah. Um, and which was kind of weird, because he he really criticized the Saints for, you know, kind of forgetting about him and rocking with Andy Dalton rather than Jameis Winston, but you know, to your point, he probably would have gotten no deal anywhere else. And I'm sure the Saints, you know, with him knowing the playbook, they would have been happy to keep him. One year, $8 million, that's, you know, maybe, maybe overpaid for him a little bit, but I'm sure that was also compensation for how, you know, he felt about the organization, so. I mean, decent pickup getting your old quarterback back.
0: Yeah, and then that brings us to, personally, what I think is their best move uh, of this offseason, and it's bringing back Jawan Johnson at tight end. Two years, 12000000 million. You're paying him less millions a year than he had touchdowns last year. The guy was ridiculously good in the red zone. He's a great just ball-catching tight end. Blocks pretty well on the other side, and... I really think that Juwan Johnson is the best pickup or, you know, the best keep that they've had in this whole offseason so far.
1: Yeah. Um, You mentioned him in your honorable mentions of your tight end list. I remember, and you, I remember you telling me how many touchdowns he had. And I, I really couldn't believe you. Uh, the amount of touchdowns he had was, that's a very good number for someone that not isn't really talked about a lot. And I mean, arguably Derek Carr is better than Jameis Winston. He's better than Andy Dalton. Who knows what Juwan, uh Johnson could look like with Derek Carr at quarterback?
0: Yeah. And then they also re-sign uh, Tano Pisan- Pisanio. I think that's how you say it. Pisanio. Pisanio. Okay. I think, I think that's right. I know, I know that the K is silent. But, yeah, re-signed him two years, $6 million. Look at that. They actually kept a defensive player they also keep another defensive player in uh defensive back JT Gray he re-signs 3 years 9.6 million look we kind of already said it but it seems like the saints should have done better with this defense uh it's kind of been the cornerstone of saints football you know outside of Drew Brees is how well they've played defensively and you have an aging Cam Jordan and you've just lost like six guys as well
1: yeah. And an aging Demario to Davis, too. He's not, you know, he's not as young as he was either.
0: Yeah. It it's just they're in a really interesting spot here.
1: Yeah, and on top of that, they're in a really interesting division. I, I I'm gonna be honest. With uh NFC South may have been, you know, not as good last year, but for me, super entertaining to watch. All those teams were really close in records, and I think it'll be kind of a similar year um this year as well.
0: Yeah. I don't know, man, the, the NFC South is so weird because like now, you know, from the way it looks, the Panthers and the Falcons are the two teams contending. Like that's something that hasn't happened since it was like Cam Newton versus Matt Ryan in 2015 <laughs> and 2016. Yeah, that's true. And and Drew Brees was there too. But yeah, it's just, it's it's a weird division, man, and it just keeps changing.
1: Yeah, there, it, that that's the thing is like the NFC South, it, it's like nothing's constant. Even if you're a massive player that you would think would get locked up on long-term deals, you have guys in the NFC South that are just constantly coming and going, I feel like. And it's a strange division, and I can't wait to watch it next season. I think it'll play out really interesting.
0: Yeah. All right, let's talk about the Giants. Uh, I'll, I'll go through all this, and then I'll tell tell everybody about what I said to Luke earlier. So, obviously, they signed Daniel Jones. Four years, $160 million. He deserves the money. It's a little bit much. We've gone over this before. Non-exclusive franchise tag on Saquon. Stupid. Should have signed him. Should have figured out something. But pick up. I'm pretty sure it is Carrick. O- Bobby O'Karrik. I'm going to go with that one. Four years, $40 million. Huge. Huge, huge, huge pickup at linebacker for them. I think this is a big impact play here on the defensive side, alongside picking up former Bucks defensive tackle Raheem nunez rochez for three years, twelve million. You bolstered the defense just a little bit while making offensive additions. Uh, they bring back uh, longtime Giant Sterling Shepard, uh, one year, one point three million. You re-signed Matt Breida, your backup running back, and the big part of today, they traded a third-round pick and got Darren Waller in exchange.
1: Yeah, um, the Raiders literally, dude tore his fucking hamstring once, and they just said, "Okay, <laughs> see ya." <laughs> literally.
0: Yeah, the, I don't
1: understand that one.
0: I don't either, but the Giants have made some great moves.
1: Yeah, the one that I have the most notes on here, though, is uh, I, I, I think it's because, all right, I'm going to trace my finger and sound this out. Okarike. I'm almost certain that's what it is, especially off of memory, too. But anyway, Bobby Okarike, four years, $40 million. Look, the Colts had two guys, I want to say, in the top 10 last year in tackles. One of them was Zaire Franklin, uh, one of their linebackers. The other one, who I think was the, the guy in 10th place, was Bobby Okarike. And the Giants are getting him for only $10 million a year. I think Okarike could have gone somewhere else and gotten a really, really hefty, nice contract. But he goes to New York and for relatively cheap, and he is joining a team that is picking up some speed fast, Grayson.
0: All right, I just looked at the pronunciation. It's Okaruke or Okaruke. Okaruke, got it. But, yes, I agree. I think that he was a fantastic addition. A great player, really. Um, pretty young guy, only 26. Uh, will turn 27 in the offseason. But four years, it's going to put him just into his 30s. Um, I think it's a fantastic pickup. He played very well for the Colts. $10 million a year, pretty good deal. I, I really like that move. I think it's one of their best outside of picking up Darren Waller.
1: Yeah, no, one hundred percent. That's that's a. I would say that um, that one is probably my most underrated. That that would be my my favorite pickup of this whole offseason, I think.
0: All right. Well, let me just tell everybody what I said earlier to Luke, and and I want everybody to know that I fully believe this take, and I honestly might even uh, go as far to say is that I want it to happen. I think. That with the moves that they've made this season, they will win the NFC beast, and they will make the NFC championship. I don't think they'll win it, but I think they could make it.
1: Damn, that's a hot take.
0: I, I just, look, I, I was super high on them last year, and all they did was get better especially on the offense in like their defense was pretty good last year, but their offense was great and they got better. It's just hard to imagine that they're going to perform worse than they did this year.
1: Yeah. Um, I think, you know, to your point, we can step back and look at the facts of, you know, the other teams. Manders haven't really done too much where I think uh, we'll talk about them uh We'll talk about them later. Not not too much there going on in Washington. Eagles have lost more important guys than I I would say that they have signed. And the Cowboys, well, you know, inconsistent quarterback play can only get you so far in the playoffs. The Giants look like the most promising and have had, so far, I think, a better offseason. Yeah. So, and, and that, and that, you know, since maybe it's not a hot take, but I still think the Eagles are probably a better team.
0: I think they are. You're right. I just think that the hits that they've taken on the defense, um, you know, it's looking increasingly likely that CJ Gardner Johnson's not coming back, and, and we'll get into the guys that they have brought back because that's really all they've done except sign one guy. But I, I don't know. I there's something about the moves that the Giants have made that makes me think that they're really going to take a step forward.
1: I hope so. It, it genuinely would be fun to see. I, I don't. I don't know about you know, vision winners or making it to NFC Championship game, but they'll they'll definitely compete with basically anybody that they play against.
0: All right. Well, let's talk about the New York Jets. Leg the oh. leg, baby. <laughs> you would think there's not much to talk about here. <laughs> but boy, is there. So, obviously, they re-signed Greg Zerline. One year, $3.5 million. Fantastic. Greg Zerline, premier kicker in the NFL. Awesome. And then, just a few hours ago, as we're recording this, Alan Lazard signed a four-year, $44 million contract. I think that's fine, money-wise. But, obviously, that leads to something bigger. Aaron Rodgers is all but... A New York Jet. Yep. And now we just kind of wait because obviously the Jets have received his list. Because he sent it's been reported he sent a list of guys. <laughs> and there's a bunch of guys that still haven't signed. I think that the floodgates are gonna open tomorrow because <laughs> it is very likely, because Rogers said that um he wants to get the deal done, or he wants something done before uh, free agency opens, which is at 4 p.m. tomorrow, technically. You know, all of these guys are pretty well done with their negotiations and everything. All they got to do is put the ink on the paper, but Roger said it'd be done before free agency starts. So expect, if it hasn't happened already by the time you're listening to this, that Aaron Rodgers will be on a plane to New York, maybe, um, today as you're listening to this. And he will be a New York Jet. He will no longer be a Green Bay Packer. And the entire world is going to go into anarchy.
1: <laughs> I just, oh man, what what an entertaining off season that we're having. I just... All I can say, man, to the viewers, stay tuned in for Friday's episode. I mean, that, that would obviously be, be when we have to talk about Mr. A-A-Rod. Um, A-Rod, sorry. Um, but, hey, hang on. No, his nickname, is it? Is his nickname A-Rod? Like his Aaron Rodgers, but that's also Alex Rodriguez's nickname.
0: You can call him whatever the hell you want.
1: Yeah, uh, the weird guy who went into the woods to yeah. make a choice. Um, It'll be super entertaining, especially with Alan Lazard. I, I think Alan Lazard is, he's a lot talented and he's a lot more talented than his stats uh, suggest um, last season. Uh, I mean, shit, he'll be joining what? Corey Davis, Garrett Wilson, uh, Conklin, they're tight end. in. That, that Jets team is going to be really, really scary.
0: Yeah, and, you know, speaking of, all the guys that are already there, uh, Sauce Gardner put out a YouTube video, a uh, little vlog of him, Brees Hall, and Garrett Wilson in Sauce Gardner's backyard uh, burning the cheese head. Wow. <laughs> and it was pretty good, uh, some, some pretty good content there. Uh, I watched the whole video. It was very funny. But, yeah, it's, it's done and dusted. Aaron Rodgers is a jet. I don't care that the news isn't official. You know, we don't report on rumors here. Aaron Rodgers is a jet. I don't care. It's so, it's so official.
1: Yeah. It's, I, I can't think of another deal where it has been just so sure. Except for, you could argue um, Trevor Lawrence buying a house in Jacksonville, like months before the draft happened. You, I mean, you could argue like, oh yeah, that's you know done and dusted. But, One's pretty done and dusted too, but I I have a question for you, Grayson. Are you ready? Yeah. Does Aaron Rodgers, is he, is he warranted? Does he have that much power and has he earned that much right in the NFL to send a team a free agent list like that? Because I know a lot of people from my friend group were kind of rolling their eyes at it because he's, he's not the boss, he's not the GM, he's just the quarterback, he's another player. But He's also Super Bowl champion, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Um, and it's just like, I don't know, like, I feel like him going to a new team and exerting himself like that, like, I, I can understand how it can make people roll their eyes, but also at the same time, he he's kind of earned it.
0: Yeah, no, I think he 100% has that luxury. I think it's just that other guys haven't done it in the past, or, you know, we haven't heard. I'm sure Tom Brady was like, hey, I want Gronk or like, you know, I want this guy and that guy. Like, of course that's going to happen. You know, the list before he's even there seems absurd, but I, I don't think it's something that teams have never seen before.
1: Yeah. I mean, that, that is true. You've had guys, you know, kind of interject in the past um, recently. Um, but I don't know. I know, I know it kind of made a lot of people mad. Like, you know, why does this you know guy get to just walk in and be like, okay, you know, this is what we're gonna do. He's just a player, but I mean, the dude is the dude. He, he speaks for himself, man. He's, he's a box office player, and he's he's gonna be the leader of the team day one. J- just off of him, just off of what he's accomplished, accomplished, he'll be a leader day one on the team. The, the Jets are getting a really good player. This is uh this is a good free agency for them.
0: Yeah, <laughs> like it doesn't matter what they've actually already done it's just what what they have what they're doing here with rogers is it's it's franchise changing things like this yeah. that create winning franchises and the jets are or tra- are, are trying to become that
1: yeah um i mean look their their last playoff appearance was 2010 uh they got knocked out by the Steelers in the afc championship game i love saying that just don't ask me about the <laughs> you know super bowl that year but you know, you're you're right. It is. This is bigger than a team just kind of rebuilding. This is a team that has sucked for pretty much my entire life. That is not only rebuilt, but completely exploded with young talent. And to complement this young talent, they're about to have Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, unbelievable. I, I it is liter- it is culture changing.
0: It's crazy. And what's crazier is that Zach Wilson's bitch ass is going to be his backup. <laughs> I can't think of somebody who needed Aaron Rodgers ahead of them more than Zach Wilson.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I feel like Zach Wilson needs more of a guy that like won't let him out of his sight. You know, I, I feel like Aaron Rodgers like honestly may not even know who Zach Wilson is and won't know his name until like week four.
0: That's the best part. Zach Wilson yeah, that is, true. is about to get so fucking humbled. By Aaron Rodgers on a daily basis, that he might just cr- become the best quarterback in the NFL.
1: I would, I would love to see Zach Wilson's face, like first day of spring training, where like you know they're actually getting the arms loose and shit and throwing to their wide receivers. Imagine Zach Wilson's face just watching Aaron Rodgers sling a football to yeah. the receivers that he could never complete passes to. Priceless. Maybe w- maybe we should go see Miami spring training and Jet spring training. Make two Dude,
0: trips. Fuck it, because <laughs> all I want to see is the moment that Zach Wilson walks up and he's like, "Aaron, I'm, Like I'm so glad you're here, and and Aaron's like, "Who the fuck are you?"
1: <laughs> Give me a water, kid.
0: Like <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I I pray that Aaron Rodgers just turns Zach Wilson into, like, this, like, hard-nosed, like, fucking dog.
1: That would be cool.
0: But I also think it would be hilarious if Zach Wilson just continues to suck for the rest of his career.
1: Yeah, that would also be deserved and funny.
0: (laughs) Yeah. All right, let's talk about the Eagles. We spent plenty of time there talking about Rodgers. So the Eagles just re-signed a bunch of guys and picked up Rashad Penny.
1: Yeah, uh, Jason Kelsey coming back. That's really cool, you know, for even, uh, you know, fans of not the Philadelphia Eagles. Jason Kelsey, sick pickup. I mean, so glad to have him back for at least one more year. Uh, pre-recording, you know, Grace and I kind of just going over some stuff. I thought that it may be a little bit too much money for Jason Kelsey, you know, with his age and everything. But, hey, he's still a top caliber center. I'm not dogging on him for that. Um, and you know, Grayson even mentioned pre-recording that it kind of was like a respect thing, which I mean shit, I'm not dogging on that either. He is done awesome by that organization, so he definitely deserves it. Um yeah, I, I like the I like the Kelsey resign, sign but the Penny sign, that one is awesome. That is very big for Philly. Why? Well, they don't have Miles Sanders and Rashad Penny went healthy. Actually, averages six yards per carry, which makes him like one of the more efficient backs in the league. Obviously, he's never really been a starter, but hey, I think Phil, you know behind a super experienced offensive line, Chad Penny might have a breakout year next year. I'm betting on it.
0: Okay, yeah, and they also bring back Brandon Graham, one year, six million. That's a a pretty small contract for Brandon Graham. Uh, resigned right tackle Brett Toth. Uh, after he, he was actually cut 4 days before they re-signed him which is kind of funny and then uh they also re-signed James Bradbury which is huge for them. Uh if they were going to lose him I think it really would have derailed that defense but you keep Bradbury 3 years 38 million that's not bad at all. Uh that is that's honestly like a, a savior for your defense there.
1: Yeah, um, I honestly think I, – I think Bradbury could have gotten more somewhere else instead of Philly. I, I, I bet he got offers that were more than that.
0: Yeah, I think so as well.
1: Yeah, so I, I think, you know, guys who – of course, we don't know this, but I, I'm just going to go ahead and assume that um, Bradbury is essentially kind of taking a pay cut um, with what he signed with the Eagles and probably what he, I'm going to assume that he was offered – I mean, it just shows, you know, you have a guy who enjoys being a part of your football team and he took a pay cut and you still got to keep him. So that's, Bradbury is definitely a big one.
0: Yeah. And then um, let's talk about the Steelers. I I know you've got plenty to talk about here. Uh, They pick up former Vikings and plenty of other teams. Cornerback Patrick Peterson, two years, 14 million, a fantastic veteran player. Obviously, you know, has been a premier cornerback in the past, not really anymore, but still a great player.
1: Well, here's the thing is you're, you're right about Patrick Peterson. He's a veteran. He obviously is nowhere near as good as he used to be uh, in his prime with Arizona, but he had a five picks last season. He has, that is the first time he has had at least five picks since 2012, which was his second year in the NFL with the Cardinals. And he actually had seven that year. So Patrick Peterson is coming off of an awesome season with Minnesota. Getting him, I would say, relatively cheap um, from the Vikings. Uh, He'll add, you know, kind of a more veteran aspect to that young secondary who just lost Cameron Sutton. And I think Patrick Peterson is going to be great for whoever the Steelers draft because I'm 100%, 100%. The Steelers will probably draft Joey Porter out of Penn State, the cornerback, I think Patrick Peterson – and I think this this signing even signifies that. They want a veteran that will, you know, kind of nurture and develop a cornerback one, which the Steelers haven't had a cornerback one since like 2014. So I'm excited about the Steelers' offseason. Patrick Peterson, wonderful, wonderful A-plus signing for the Steelers.
0: Yeah, and then they also sign former Jets offensive guard – Nate Herbig, two years, $8 million, pretty cheap offensive guard there, just trying to help out that offensive line that kind of struggled last year.
1: Yeah, um, he, he started all 11 games that he's appeared in, um, and when he was with Philly, uh, Andy Wilde, who is now an assistant GM with the Steelers, so kind of maybe a little bit of a reason why he's with the Steelers now, Andy Wilde said that when he was in Philly, he believes in him as a starter. So, really good, you know, high praise there from someone who's already seen him play. So, I think the Steelers have done quite well with uh, the Nate pickup as well.
0: All right, anything else you have to talk about the Steelers before we move on?
1: Uh, yeah, I got a couple things. Uh, Demonte Casey signing with the Steelers. He just got extended. Um, I forget what the specifics are, but. Missed the first eight games in 2022 last season with an injury. He appeared in the final nine games. He started four of them, two picks and two passes defended, and I think like 20 something tackles. For the to- playing time that he got, that was pretty effective. And I know his picks usually came in pretty big moments of the games that he was, you know, playing in. Really like that for the Steelers. But listen, I got to get on the soapbox real fast. Do it. Steelers fans. Why the fuck are you guys so tilted about losing Cameron Sutton? I am. This is probably one of my biggest gripes about you know my people. I don't understand why we have settled for cornerback twos and threes since two thousand fourteen or thirteen. Whenever Ike Taylor's last season was, we have never in a league full of shutdown corners and us being a defensive traditional you know our we're defensive minded team. The Steelers have never had a good cornerback and it's always bothered me because we'll lose guys like Artie Burns and, you know, other guys like him that are mediocre and Steelers fans are just like, just so tore up about it. And it it really, it just, it grinds my gears, man. And I think of course, Artie Burns wasn't a good example, but you guys get what I'm saying. Patrick Peterson is a wonderful signing and whoever the Steelers draft, you know, they, they need to be our cornerback one. They absolutely have to, well, they they need to be our cornerback one, but they need to actually develop into that guy, that stud. And I, I think that's what the Steelers have been missing for pretty much all the time I've been following NFL football. So don't be mad about Cameron Sutton, man. Look forward to the draft when we'll probably get Joey Porter Jr. And Patrick Peterson, he's coming off of an awesome season with the Vikings. So Things are looking up for the Steelers. Forget about Cameron Sutton. We love Cameron Sutton, but forget about Cameron Sutton.
0: All right. Thank you. Sorry. That was long, but. No, I very much agreed with a lot of the things you said. Let's talk about the Seahawks, though. Uh, Former Broncos defensive end Draymond Jones. Uh, They signed him three years, 51.53 million. That's a big contract there. And I think he's pretty deserving of it. Draymond Jones was fantastic last year for the Broncos.
1: Yeah, and he's joining a very young, talented team. I, I've seen, you know, a lot of mock drafts with the Seahawks taking an edge. I don't know. I guess it's not really a thing anymore for them, but who knows? This this Seahawks team is going to be dangerous regardless, and Jermont Jones just adds to that.
0: Yeah, big one, and then of course uh, something that happened. Just a little, uh, probably like a week or two ago, uh, Geno Smith re-signing three years, $75 million, max value of one hundred five with incentives. I think that these are two great moves. I think Seahawks really don't need to do much else. Exactly.
1: Um, they already have what they, they're sitting good in the draft too, aren't they?
0: Yeah, they've got the fifth overall pick.
1: There you go. Um, the Seahawks, I, I honestly, all of your front office go on vacation. It's only up from here, boys.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right, let's talk about the 49ers. Cuz I uh, they probably made one of the best moves of the offseason, would you say?
1: And uh Javon Hargrave? Yeah. Yeah, um very deserving that contract, too.
0: Yeah, 4 years, 84 million. I believe this makes him the second highest defensive tackle Um, behind, of course, Aaron Donald. But, look, he deserves it. 100% deserves the money. Javon Hargrave was absolutely fantastic last year in Philly.
1: Yeah, I I mean, (laughs) just when you thought that that Niners defense couldn't get more scary, they go and throw in a $84 million defensive tackle on that team, that's going to be just, it'll be overkill. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck running the ball. Good luck passing the ball. And that's that's really all I got to say about this 49ers defense. Javon Hargrave, very underrated defensive tackle, super deserving of $84 million. And the fact that he's going on the 49ers, Grayson, is just damn terrifying.
0: Yeah. 11 sacks last season. That was tied for 14th in the league on the uh, the league's highest sack total team. With the Eagles, like this is a fantastic pickup. Javon Hargrave is so good, and putting him on the same line as Joey Bosa is just unfair.
1: Absolutely unfair.
0: I mean Nick Bosa. I said Joey. Not Joey. Fuck Joey. I've already gone over that. (laughs) (laughs) They also signed Sam Darnold uh as their backup quarterback, 1 year, 4.5, really their third string, I guess. I I don't know. I don't know what's going on in San Francisco with quarterbacks. But look, Brock Purdy, uh his surgery went well. It's all that matters. Trey Lance probably the starter. Sam Darnold is just there.
1: I I like the Sam Darnold signing a lot. Um, you know, once again going back to the competition um argument that I've made. I feel like Brock Purdy his surgery going well that's obviously great news but he didn't play a lot last season and i would argue that brock purdy is not 100% destined for greatness in this league just yet he's played well he did well in the playoffs when you know the um fucking eagles weren't trying to hurt him but nothing is sure for the Bron- uh, for the 49ers and if you believe that brock purdy's not you know 100% certain there Neither is Trey Lance by any means. And so I feel like, you know, adding another quarterback into the mix that'll make guys compete against each other in practice, I, I think it's a great move for this 49ers team.
0: Yeah, I, I think Sam Darnold could certainly get some playing time there. Um, you know, we saw the injuries last year, but I was kind of hoping for Sam Darnold to go to the Rams. That that
1: would have been another pretty good landing spot.
0: Yeah, he would have been, you know, definitely the second string quarterback if they keep Matthew Stafford. But I think he offers something that, like, it seems like we're just gushing over these second string quarterbacks. But I think he offers something as a second string quarterback. He's a guy that can come in, you know, he's not has, he doesn't have the best track record. He showed some great things in Carolina last year, though. And I really do think that Sam Darnold. You know, even if he's just filling in for a couple of games, could at least squeeze out a couple of wins.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. I, I think he could too. He looked he did not look bad with um Carolina before Baker took over.
0: Yeah. And then uh 49ers also bring back center Jake Brendel four years, 20 million. Once again, another center stand with their team, getting paid too.
1: For sure. I, I love I love to see it, man. My O lineman getting paid.
0: All right, let's talk about the Bucks. They've made one move. That's it. One single move. Uh, they re-sign corner Jameel Dean, four years, $52 million. Jamil Dean, fantastic corner. They have a lot more work to do, though.
1: Yeah. Um, should have been more aggressive, and maybe shouldn't have paid this guy that much money.
0: Yeah. You know, the... I understand it. That's kind of where I'm at with this. I understand them doing it, but, you know, I can, I'll let it fly.
1: I like it. I mean, I think it's cool to see cornerbacks get contracts like this, but, you know, Jamel Dean is not someone that I'm very familiar with, to be honest with you. So I'm not too sure if, um... You know, not not to say that if if Luke Morozik doesn't know who the player is, they don't deserve to get paid. It's just like, I don't know. It, it's kind of just weird to see that your $52 million went to Jamel Dean out of everybody. But, hey, I, I hope it goes well for him. Um, but, you know, to your point, the Buccaneers, they, they got to do a lot more than just re-sign a cornerback.
0: Yeah, there's so much to do down there. Um, obviously, it starts with Baker. I think that's the easiest move that they can make.
1: Yeah, that that's a quarterback you could get for cheap, and someone that would definitely start in that you know situation with zero quarterbacks except for what Kyle Trask.
0: Yeah, and yeah. I still think it's inevitable now that they're going to draft a running back. I think they go Bijan in the first round. I think that's a great pickup, but you know, there's a lot more to do. Um, you know, we'll just have to see what happens from it. But the Buccaneers right now are not in a good position. And obviously that's going to happen. Tom Brady just retired. Like, duh. But they, they need a quarterback because there is a ton of guys on this offense that can make a difference. But it's hard for Mike Evans to do anything or Chris Godwin to do anything when nobody's throwing them the ball.
1: Exactly. And they've also released guys like Leonard Fournette, was still effective with them, even though he, you know, Took a step back and kind of became a part of like a three-backs, two-back two back system the entire time he was there. They also released guys, uh, tight ends like Cameron Bray. You know, veterans like him. Cameron Bray, obviously not like the biggest player on that team, but still a good tight end, a good veteran to have around. And I, I don't know, they. Th- it seems like they cle they cleared some space there, but they're not they're not being aggressive with the money that they now have.
0: Yeah, uh, I definitely see that as well. Let's talk about the Titans, though, because the Titans simply have done not much. Uh, they pick up former Eagles tackle Andre Dillard, uh, three years, $29 million, A solid pickup for a tackle. Obviously, they have lost a bunch of pieces on the offensive line. They cut Taylor LeJuan. Um, They lost, what's his name, Nate Jones. I think they cut somebody else as well. Um, yeah, it's interesting. But uh, it's still a good pickup. You you know, you fill one of the many holes. And then you also pick up Cowboys linebacker Luke Gifford. Um, two years, $4 million. Not like a big game-changer kind of linebacker pickup, but a solid guy. They'll probably get some playing time. The Titans are going to suck next year.
1: Yeah, they, um, they might be the worst team in the NFL next year.
0: Yeah, and like the rumors swirling that they're shopping Derrick Henry. Like, dude, it does not look good.
1: Yeah, I mean that the organization that's shopping Derrick Henry is the same organization that said that Hannah Hill is gonna be their starting quarterback and they're fine with it. So I mean if you're a Titans fan, sorry. That's that's really as a non Titans fan and as someone who's analyzing the situation, those two things is all I needed to hear to predict, you know, what their record is gonna be next year. Um, and it will probably be the worst in the NFL, I think.
0: Oh. Okay. I like that. Yeah, uh, yeah now that I'm kind of thinking about it, I do like that pick. Yeah. All right. And well, done. <laughs> that brings us to our final team, the Washington Commanders. They've actually made a couple of good moves. Nothing crazy, but some good moves. Uh, they pick up Chiefs tackle Andrew Wiley, uh, three years, twenty-four million. Fantastic pickup. Um, you know, help that offensive line. Obviously, it's a guy who's familiar with Eric Bieniemy's offense. So bring him in put him on the offensive line, obviously Eric bien a former offensive line coach, big help. They also pick up Giants guard Nick Gates, three years, $16.5 just a little bit more quarterback protection. And then you re-sign corner Danny Johnson, two years, 5 mil, not bad at all. They pick up Seahawks linebacker Cody Barton, one year, 3.5. And obviously the biggest move here, is re signing Daron Payne four years 90 million?
1: Wow, unbelievable, man!
0: Yeah, I, I think this is a pretty productive offseason here for the commanders. Obviously, quarterback probably like to see something there, but you know, Sam Howell must be the guy.
1: Yeah, um. It would be just interesting to see Sam Howell play, but back to Deron Payne, man. Another defensive lineman, interior lineman, that is, getting a hefty contract. I love it, man. His yeah. commander's offensive or not offensive line, defensive line. You got Deron Payne. Um uh, oh my god. Why can't I not Young. think of his name? Chase Young, thank you. And Montez Sweat. I mean, they they've always had a good defensive line, you know, for it, it seems like since they've drafted um I just blinked on his name, and you just told me Chase Young. Chase Young, thank you. Really good defensive line there. They're locking up one of those pieces, you know, for a while. I, I like the I like where the Commanders are going. Quarterback still up in the air, but hey, aside if you if you don't if you forget about quarterback, pretty damn good off season.
0: Yeah, and and I don't think they're in any type of urgency to get a quarterback. Sam Howell was a big like NFL prospect at UNC, he, you know, had a difficult senior year goes into the draft goes a little bit later than most expected ends up on the commanders started a couple of games right there at the end of the season last year. They're going to give him his opportunity and I don't blame them for it.
1: Yeah. Um. Yes. <laughs> All right. I like it.
0: Let's talk about a couple of guys that are still on the market. Uh some big names still to go. Uh obviously Orlando Brown uh from the Chiefs. He is probably gonna get a giant contract.
1: I, I think so too. Um definitely deserving of one. And I think there are a lot of teams that have a lot of money to throw around at their O-line. So I, I think he'll be signed pretty soon and he'll get a very, very, very big deal.
0: Yeah, I think in my mind, the place he should be going, and you know, maybe they already have a guy that they like there, but the Bears, they've got a ton of cap space. The they, same thing. Yeah, I think ton of cap space. You need to protect Justin Fields. Orlando Brown certainly does that.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: And then safety, C.J. Gardner-Johnson is still on the market, which is kind of crazy to me. I feel like he would have already found his landing spot We already talked about him possibly going to the Bengals. Uh, He's linked with a couple of other teams as well. He could still go back to Philly. That's still in the books, but I don't see it happening at this point.
1: I don't see it happening too, but um, this dude is a dog. Um, He was a pick machine last year. He ended up with six, which is, I mean, way more than he's ever had, I think, in his uh, entire playing career. Uh, I think he, he was actually tied. For um for picks uh, for pick leader, I want to say,
0: yeah, that sounds, yeah, he was yeah.
1: with Minka. So solid player. Um, wherever he goes, he's definitely got a lot of leverage from last season. You know, to get a pretty hefty safety contract. So uh, we'll definitely be paying attention to see where he goes. But I- I'm thinking Cincinnati.
0: All right, probably the biggest name here, uh, and kind of the biggest story is Odell. Uh, he held a private workout uh in the past week. Tons of teams were there checking him out, seeing what's up. Apparently he wants 20 to 25 a year. That's a lot of money. But at the same time, like it's Odell. People are raving. Like, like the people that were at his private workout are raving about he looks stronger, he looks bigger, uh, he's obviously still a skillful, talented wide receiver. It's just what he brings along seems to be what holds a lot of teams up now.
1: Yeah. Um, I think uh, it was a couple months ago. What, what was that really weird thing going on with him where he was like drugged up on a plane or he was like unresponsive, like kind of like half consciousness sort of thing. I remember hearing about that?
0: Yeah. And like he started yelling at people on the plane.
1: Yeah, very very strange there, and I, I'm sure that, you know, is a another reason on top of his uh, Super Bowl injury, kind of keeping him as one of the players that's left. But I think there are a couple teams that could use a wide receiver. Um, obviously not the Bears anymore. I know I, I may have said it on the podcast that I liked Odell going to the Bears, but I don't really think that that's going to be a possibility anymore. I still like Baltimore yep. for Odell. But who knows with Lamar Jackson, I, I honestly – I can't even predict anything that the the Ravens are going to do anymore because that situation is just very weird. But, you know, just kind of like if if I take out all kind of like constraints, Odell to Baltimore would just be so sick.
0: Yeah, I think that's a fantastic move. It makes the most sense. It's a spot where he could certainly go. The problem here is how much money are you going to have to put into Lamar and will that affect how much money you could offer Odell?
1: I think it obviously would.
0: Yeah. Sure. So we'll just have to play that one by ear. I think Odell is fine with waiting uh, to find a place where he's going to get paid.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, he's already waited long enough. Um, I don't really sense that there's a urgency for him to sign. Cause I feel like he probably would have already signed with someone immediately, like probably, before he was even cleared to play football again, honestly, if he was eager. I think he's just kind of enjoying life, hearing it out, but he definitely still wants to play. Um I know I've heard him say that he just wants to find somewhere where he can settle down instead of, you know, team hopping. Um so I don't know. It'd be it's it'd be kind of interesting to see where Odell's gonna go. Um, personally, I don't think whoever he signs for, I, I think he'd probably just end up moving teams again.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't think he has the uh, merit to ask for a long term deal.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think he does either.
0: And you know, with the recent history, there's you know nothing backing him up for it. So, yeah, I think Odell is in an interesting situation. Do I think he's still a, a great wide receiver? Of course, he, he he hasn't lost that skill. It's just the you know obviously the injury is a big thing, but it's just who Odell Beckham is. He I'm not saying he's like a bad guy to have on your team because I don't think he's like that locker room cancer labeled kind of guy that, you know, some people have been given that label. I don't think Odell is that way. I just think that he is a personality that we don't see often in the NFL.
1: Yeah, I agree. And on top of that, you know, you're coming on, you're got, you have a guy coming off of an ACL injury, really wasn't that effective with the Browns. Um, and he's 30 years old and wants $20 million. Hey, Odell, hey, I would honestly go as far as to say that no team would give him that much money. I, I think that would be, that's a huge bet to take on a player like Odell. Don't get me wrong. The, the talent, we saw it with Eli and the Giants. The talent is there for this guy. but We haven't seen it in a long time. He's only, you know, had drama with the, the playing situation that I brought up. And, um, you know, his injury. So, Odell is just, it's a weird case, man. But I, I don't think he's going to get the money that he's asking for. And I don't think he should, to be honest.
0: Yeah. So, a couple other guys that are here still. Uh, Bobby Wagner, who I still think should probably make a return to the Seahawks.
1: I, I Yeah, my, my childhood would love that.
0: Yep. And then Levante David is a free agent as well. Plenty of people could use a linebacker with the skill of Levante David. He's obviously getting up there in age, but still a fantastic linebacker.
1: Yeah, really, really underrated player, kind of like Demario Davis here, just an old linebacker that just seems like they haven't really gone. They haven't gotten worse as they've gotten older, which is a really good sign. I still think he could probably play for another good three more years in the league. So I'll definitely be watching to see where he goes.
0: Yeah, and then safety Jordan Poyer. I'm very surprised to still see him here um after these two days. I feel like, you know, people were saying it was kind of a lock that he was gonna go to Miami. Now he doesn't look like he's going. I've heard about Detroit, maybe. I've heard about um oh, what was the other team? I wanna say it was the Rams, maybe. That might have been the other team I heard him link to. There's been a couple of different teams pop up in the sweepstakes for Jordan Poyer, but I don't know. He He's played fantastic the last two years. I'm very surprised that he's still on the board.
1: Me too. Um, maybe a move to Cincinnati would suit him as well. Who knows?
0: And then tight end Dalton Schultz, another guy who I'm kind of surprised to see here. Um, kind of a, a a consistent pass-catching guy, pretty solid in the red zone. Reliable hands, he could really work anywhere. Uh, it's just about a team, you know, needing and wanting a tight end.
1: Yeah, um, Dalton Schultz is a really underrated guy. Uh, he made my tight end list um, when we did that um, last week. I think it was Dalton Schultz is uh, he's got a lot of potential, and I, I think someone should throw some money at him and get them get him for at least like four years. I, I think he he can be a very good tight end in this league.
0: All right. And then we've also got Juju who's kind of the other uh top not top tier, but you know, higher tier out of the free agent wide receivers. Um he's available. I don't know. I feel like you could probably get a bit of a discount on Juju.
1: I think so too.
0: He just he hasn't done it enough. Like he doesn't do it at a high level enough for me to be like, yeah, he deserves 20 a year. You yeah, could no, probably I, give him 15 for two, and he'd take it.
1: Yeah, um, which, you know, for a team that needs a wide receiver, Juju would not be that bad of an option. Um, you have, I think, a lot of leverage with him because he he didn't really show out with the Chiefs. He had flashes, but he didn't, he didn't show out uh, going into a system that just lost Tyreek Hill. So I think, you know, teams have a lot of leverage to offer Juju less. I I still think he's a he's a decent wide receiver.
0: Yeah. And then tight end Mike Gasicki, a guy who was severely underutilized in that Dolphins offense, obviously because, you know, with as many targets as you want to give Waddle and Hill, it's kind of hard to throw to Gasicki as well. Once again, uh, he's probably a better tight end in my opinion than Dalton Schultz. He just Once again, needs to find a place that needs him.
1: I would actually agree. Um, Dalton Schultz had way better numbers than Mike Gasicki last season. But as you pointed out, Mike Gasicki was extremely underutilized. I think this guy could be an extreme talent wherever he lands if he is used well. I mean, like extreme talent.
0: Yeah. And then corner Byron Murphy is still out there. Um, Edge rusher Yannick Ngakwe is available. Uh, Marcus Peters. And then Miles Sanders, once again, another surprising guy that's still here. I think that Buffalo maybe makes sense there. I like Buffalo too. And then uh, Calais Campbell, a bit of a veteran defensive lineman there. Obviously, still a great player, but, you know, nearing the tail end of his career, it's hard to say that, you know, he's a. A, a desirable pickup.
1: Yeah, I, I would agree. I, I think he, he offers <clears> something good um, to whatever team he'll go to, but you need to get him for cheap. Cause he is at the tail end, you know, stats are kind of decreasing, but you know, still, still could be an effective player in the league.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, so there's plenty of other guys still available free agents wise, but that essentially rounds it out for everything that's happened uh, these last two days. It, took us two and a half hours to get through everything, but certainly that uh, it, it certainly deserved it. It's been a wild last two days. Yes, it has. All right, let's quickly talk about these uh, rule proposals, and then we'll get out of here because I really don't want to push three hours again. But first one, Philadelphia uh, looking to permit the use of the number zero uh, as a Jersey numeral Um It would allow kickers and punters to use any jersey numeral between 0 to 49 and 90 to 99. Um, I think I brought this up a couple of weeks ago when we first heard about Philly uh, submitting this rule to allow the use of the number 0. I think that Jalen Hurts with the number 0 would be sick, but I think A.J. Brown with the number 0 would be so cool.
1: Oh, yeah. I like that.
0: Uh, and then uh, another one from Philadelphia, they want to permit a team to maintain possession of the ball after a score by substituting one offensive play. So fourth and 20 from the kicking team's 20-yard line for an offensive uh, or an onside kickoff attempt. So exactly what they're doing in the XFL, um, where instead of you know, kicking off, you could run a fourth and 20 play from the kicking team's 20-yard line to keep the ball. Philly's only doing this because they have such a high-powered offense that they'd be able to pull it off a couple of times. I think it's just a little bit far-fetched for the NFL.
1: I do, too, but, yeah, funny that it's Philly, though. I mean, they they have a system where they can just throw the ball in the air, and someone in a green jersey is coming down with it.
0: Yeah, you just better hope you're not playing the Jets.
1: (laughs) Or the Packers. I guess I should have thought about that. Any player on the <laughs> Eagles will come down with
0: them. <laughs> Somebody with wings on their helmet.
1: Yeah. Well, then you could even, well, I don't know. We probably shouldn't get into that. All <laughs> there's, right. a, there's a lot of birds in the NFL.
0: Yeah, but they don't have wings solely. All right, whatever. Well, the, neither did the Eagles anymore. All right. The Chargers <laughs> submitted a rule to make the adjustment of the play clock following an instant replay reversal consistent with other timing rules. Boring, don't care, intricacy of football. Move on. All right. Detroit uh they they submitted one to expand the coach's challenge system to include personal fouls called on the field. I think this is a fantastic idea.
1: Coach's challenge system to include personal foul. Oh, okay, whenever I was reading this one earlier, I I'm actually I second you. This this was one of the favorite rules, one of my favorite rules that I read. Um yeah, I, I love this one. There are, there are some personal fouls, dude. Absolutely egregious calls, and the fact that now coaches can challenge them, I think it, it'll not only make the NFL more entertaining. It, I think it'll it'll slow down the game, which sucks. But at the same time, I'm you know, I, I'm I'm a boomer. I don't give a shit. So yeah. I'm I'm not that big of a, you know. It's not that big of a deal to have the game slowed down. But I I think you know th- this is a super super good rule proposal.
0: Yeah, Detroit was on an absolute heater with these. Challenges and stuff but their next one uh, to provide clubs more opportunities for a third challenge. um, I'm not I feel like there should be a little more information here, but you know, that's all we're given in this light one. Uh, I could pull up the the full NFL press release thing that actually explains all of these. I'm not going to. We don't have enough time for it, but sure. I, I genuinely don't really know what this means, though.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't get that either. All right. It'd and then need more information
0: yeah another one um by Detroit, to expand the replay official's jurisdiction to allow for consultation regarding penalty assessment. I think that's a a pretty good one. It just pretty much saying to allow the replay official to um actually be in like the conversation for a penalty.
1: yeah, I, I like that one, too.
0: And then Houston made one as well to expand the replay officials' jurisdiction to allow for review on failed fourth down attempts. I think that's a good idea as well. Um, you know, there's been plenty of times where teams have gotten really screwed over by a bad call or a bad placement on a fourth down attempt. So I think the replay official should be able to make a call on that just like they do on any touchdown.
1: Yeah, I, I I like that too. Fourth downs, you know, I I feel I feel like they've been more attempted in recent years. So, you know, because they've become a bigger part of the game, and they're usually so so deciding. You know, fourth down is never just a fourth down; it's always a fourth down. But then, what does this mean for the rest of the game? So, yeah. with them being a bigger deal, I feel like there needs to be more rules to kind of like protect teams or uh, the ones that, who want to go for it on fourth down. It protects them, so I like it.
0: Yep. And then the Rams submitted a um a rule to make fouls for roughing the passer called on the field, subject to replay assist and or review by a coach's challenge. Huh, what a surprise. What happened to them in the playoffs a couple of years ago where they <laughs> would have gotten replayed on by the Saints and blah blah yeah, whatever. We all know why. Yeah. All right. And yeah, then uh, I like that rule. We'll <laughs> it is. It's a great idea. And then the New York Jets uh to expand the crackback prohibition to players who go in motion and go beyond the center to block a defender below the waist. Um it's pretty much just saying like stop hitting these guys in bad spots.
1: Yeah, I mean you know, protect the players, man. I I I get it.
0: Okay. And then Detroit and the Chargers as well both uh submitted bylaw proposals. So Detroit Uh, wants to allow a club to designate an emergency third quarterback from its inactive list or practice squad who would be eligible to enter a game in the event of the first two quarterbacks on the game day active list are ruled out. So NFL teams are only allowed to put two quarterbacks on their active list, I believe, and then the third quarterback on there would be the emergency quarterback. Um, But currently, the emergency quarterback isn't a quarterback. I think that it certainly should be. Um, it, obviously, the Jets got screwed over by it last er, in the playoffs. Like Multiple teams get absolutely screwed over by this, and I think it's a great idea to add somebody who isn't on the active lineup but still could be used as an emergency quarterback.
1: Yeah, the, the 49ers got uh, – did you say the Jets? No, I said the 49ers, I think. I thought you said the Jets. Anyway, but yeah, you're right. The 49ers got absolutely fucked by it. And I think it, it would have been such a fucked up thing to see if Christian McCaffrey got hurt trying to play quarterback. Um, I like this. It, it, gives, um, it gives a team an insurance there because sometimes this crazy shit does happen. And if you're the 49ers, it happens to you in the NFC Championship game. So I, I like this one a lot by Detroit.
0: All right. And that brings us to the Chargers who are simply just crying by making this proposal. <laughs> so they want to seed wildcard teams higher than division champions in the playoffs if the division champs have one loss tied percentages lower than 500, and um, if the wild card team has four or more wins than division champions with losing records. So what they're saying is... Theoretically, if they went, um, I don't know, let's say they go 11 and 6. And the Jaguars win their division and they go uh, 8 and 9. Or maybe the Chargers go 10 and 5 and the Jaguars go 8 and 9 and win their division. Hmm, wouldn't that be a weird scenario? Um then the Chargers would be higher seeded, therefore being the home team. Um, I don't actually think this one would have applied to that one, but it would have applied to Buccaneers Cowboys uh, this past season. It's, it's lame. You're a loser for submitting this loop, this rule. Yeah, I, I agree with
1: you. Um, of course, in in that case, you know, the Cowboys and the Buccaneers, it was, it was weird to have a twelve and four team not host the home game against a eight and nine team in the playoffs, but sucks to suck. That's how the NFL works. And personally, I like that rule. Division champs need to be rewarded for being division champs.
0: Yeah. Look, this is just the Chargers. Being like, well, what are we supposed to do? We play in a division with Patrick Mahomes, and now a Broncos team that's going to be pretty good. What are we going to do about it? Like, shut the fuck up. Get over yourself. You guys suck. You spent too much money, and now you're going to suck. Get over it.
1: And now you can't pay Justin Herbert.
0: Exactly. You're just mad. (laughs) You're lashing out.
1: Oh, yeah. What a whiny, whiny proposal.
0: It's, It's so lame. All right. We're done. What originally was planned to be an hour and a half long episode (laughs) has now evolved into two hours and 40 minutes. Luke, thank you so much for coming in, filling in uh, for Brock on this episode. We'll, of course, see you uh, and me as well on Friday's episode. Got a lot to talk about. Obviously, whatever comes of all this stuff, uh, including you know most likely the Rogers news, some more free agent signings, Uh, We got plenty of stuff to talk about with the Champions League. (laughs) Some interesting results there. (laughs) Uh, Some interesting stuff happened in the Prem this past weekend that really changes some stuff coming for next weekend. For sure. whole lot of stuff to talk about. And a bunch of World Baseball Classic to catch up on. Luke, once again, thank you. Anything else you've got for the people?
1: Nah, man. Our our episode planned. We're we're at two forty. I'm I'm ready to get out of here, and I think the people are too.
0: <laughs> All right, we'll catch y'all later. Peace. Peace.